Welcome to the Hunter's Hub. This is your host Fortwan, and joined to be joining me tonight uh, is Mork. How you doing? Oh my God, I had to work a Saturday, guys. It was terrible, but I came back. I had a gin tonic, fought an elatron. Yeah, I made up for it. It was pretty good. Well, I, I feel like that's a bad decision to get drunk before doing a challenging fight, but you know, whatever. It I don't drink, just, so I don't know. It was just one drink. But yeah, no, yeah, it was great. It was a lot of fun. Also, I don't drink, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once you get to like uh, around maybe five, that's when things get a little iffy. Once you get past ten, you're in I trouble. Gotcha. <laughs> um, and then also joining us tonight is Pan. How you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm tired. Alrighty. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell. You, you sound a little... A, a little low energy. I mean, I've been celebrating my husband's birthday for the last like two and a half days, and we're just both worn out now. Woo! Happy I birthday! I did hop in for the stream a bit. Yeah, yeah, no, he was real happy to see everyone who came out to his like Twitch stream for that. I don't know if any of our listeners were there because I remember you guys tweeted you tweeted it out to the listeners, but anybody who showed up, he was yep. so happy that people came to watch him play uh, Yakuza and Saints Row and all that stuff. <gasps> yes, awesome. It was fun. I got to learn a lot about Yakuza, and it was like, hmm, maybe I should play this game if I didn't hate my PS4. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that game is definitely going to be relevant to our discussion today. Mm, it's lovely. Oh, yeah. The it, the guy it, who develops for Yakuza, he uh, he's like the one Japanese dev that likes the Western market. He said in this interview... That he, hmm. he hates Japanese gamers because they, they just want, like, mobile games that they can play for, like, half an hour when they're on the subway. But, like, American gamers will, like, sit yeah. down and play a game and let it absorb and soak into them for hours. Yeah. So he develops yeah. for Westerners. Uh, I'm glad to hear because um, one of my favorite development teams is so anti-american it hurts my soul sometimes and that's mm. capcom and monster Hunter. we know <laughs> yeah we know. very much so <laughs> uh, uh, all right but we're not talking about them tonight we're talking about um we're talking about some game notable game companies to us we're kind of going with a good and a bad i, I don't think uh for some of us it's going to be as harsh uh, as good and bad uh, i think pan you're definitely more on the, I like this one, and, like, this is a bad one. Um, maybe. Yeah. It's, no, I, I, I don't have nice things to say about Game Freak. Awesome. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're each going to do two. Um, decided to change it up a little bit and see what we're doing. Um, else it would have been me ranting about my real-life friends in D&D. <laughs> Which Pan already heard that story. That was that was fun. Um, so yeah, uh, Morg, you have one of the, two of the most extensive ones. So why don't you get us started? Oh and... boy, yeah, yeah. Let's get into the the old school console wars between Sega and Nintendo. Oh my goodness, and I'm going to be covering both of those ones. Um, yep. so, yeah. So which one are you doing first? Oh, boy. Uh, I suppose we could get into the roots of Sega first off. Um, I actually didn't realize this until I looked it up. Uh, apparently, Sega started off with slot machines before they even ever got into consoles or into, um, uh, video games. And... Doesn't surprise me. Yeah. 
And that makes sense. Yeah, and actually, uh, two uh, two of the guys they were actually Americans. Uh, they were. This was like during uh, like just after the war times or whatever, um, when they were providing entertainment for troops or whatever by you know having like these coin operated slot machines. Um, they were actually sent to Tokyo to um, uh, do slot machines there. And um, because of some shady business of that they were doing, and after some investigations, their initial company was dissolved, and then um, all of the uh, – uh, here, wait, actually, I need to get the wording properly before I actually start – uh, spouting stuff that's not uh, nonsensical. So um, were... Yeah, so, yeah. So they ended up. Um, yeah, they purchased all of the. Um, uh, I believe the game. Yeah, yeah. It was Service Games of Japan. They uh, they bought all the assets of that, and then they started doing business um, uh, with Sega or as Sega, um, who also was focused on manufacturing slot machine slot machines. But they were in. Um, they were founded in Japan by a Japanese guy. And so, yeah, those people, they were all working together, um, eventually um, moving out of coin-operated machines and into... Um, video um, games. Yeah, into eventually. video games. And then um, their console market, it started at, in 1982. Um, it was actually a pretty basic machine, um, the SG-1000. They started expanding on that, and then they worked their way up to... Um, more mainstream mainstream stuff that like uh, the Genesis in '89, um, which was their Ooh, first 16-bit. Genesis concept. was '89, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It, that thing lasted a long ass time. Yeah. And um, I don't know. Yeah. I I had one, and it was it was definitely the redheaded stepchild as far as game systems go in my house because. Yeah, the Nintendo got so much more. <laughs> oh, I think see, I had... that's that's interesting because my my brothers and I fought over who got to play the games on the Sega. Mm. We had two games. We had uh, we had Sonic 3D Blast and Sonic 2, and that was it. Mm. And uh, even going back and playing a lot of old Sega games, I'm just like meh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like um. Even though uh, the Genesis was like in conten in contention with the Super Nintendo at roughly around the same time, um, I don't know. Like uh, I feel like it was it was never really as popular for uh, for me and for my relatives as as much as the Super Nintendo was because, well, <laughs> um, I mean it, we just liked more of the Nintendo style games uh, like Super Mario World, Super Mario Three. Um, there was like a party package where it had all of the Mario games put into one. Um, Super one Mario All Stars. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, All Stars. That mm -hmm. was it was such a good cartridge. Um, and I mean, like it, it had more buttons on the controller. And um, actually, it's really funny because I actually saw comparisons between the quality of, um, of uh, well, I guess you know both both consoles they had um access to third party games. Like for example, they had Doom and. You could see on the regular Nintendo, no. it, the, the the graphics were actually less, but the sound quality was vastly improved, like vastly superior to Sega Genesis. And like the fact that the Super Nintendo had more buttons, I mean, like you had your X, Y, A, B, and then you had like your trigger controls. The Sega Genesis only really had three buttons, and then your um, ABC. Yeah, yep, exactly. Um. Yeah, and well, they had an L and R too, didn't they? Um, I think so. I think they might have had an L and an R for for the for the controller. Um, 
they they were doing pretty darn well actually um they even did pretty well in marketing i mean like does anybody remember that genesis commercial where they were like genesis does what nintendo don't yeah oh my god that yeah. thing was hilarious very very inflammatory to the schoolyard for oh sure oh my god yes. oh. <laughs> <laughs> throwing shade like crazy um uh, I yeah think, um, it was yeah. I'm curious, uh, not to sidetrack you too much, Maury, but like mm-hmm. Pan. So, what was the what were the games you guys were fighting over playing? You and your brother. I bet it was Michael Jackson. Um, Walker. No, uh, so we had Echo the Dolphin. That's the one that I remember the most. Um, yeah, I remember you. Very big yeah. Echo fan. Yeah. Yeah, that was the one that I always wanted to play. Uh, I think I want to say that one of my my brothers were playing Bubsy Bobcat a lot. Oh, okay. And uh, well, y- there yeah, was. Bubsy. Was Street Fighter on that console? I seem to remember a fighting yes. game, and it wasn't Mortal Kombat because we weren't allowed to play Mortal Kombat. Uh, I do believe Street Fighter hit Genesis. Uh, then, it's more then, known for the Super Nintendo, I think. But yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it might have been Street Fighter because because uh, uh, remember this game, the console came out in '89. That was the year I was born. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure yeah. it would have been Street Fighter because I know for a fact we were not allowed to play Mortal Kombat. That's too bad. Well, we were allowed to play. We were allowed because my uncle worked there. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we weren't allowed to play Mortal Kombat uh, because it got all that bad press. But Street Fighter never got the bad press, so my mom didn't know it was an evil game. Oh, it is quite a devious game. I mean, it's ex- loaded with excessive violence, but I mean, it, much less gore. But mm. yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, it's a Street Fighter two. And the championship edition were both on Genesis. Yeah. So I just I just Googled that. Oh yeah, and duh, of course, Sonic. No mm, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And funny enough, it was actually during around the time of uh Genesis being released that they actually um they uh created the uh um character uh or at least, yeah, uh, as a as direct competition for Nintendo's Mario series. So, yeah, they they actually created Sonic the Hedgehog as you know as a response to Mario, and yeah, um, after Sonic took and off, somehow yeah. people still like him. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't understand it. Yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm joking. I mean, like, the game the is first, good. But... The first three or four games were so good that it yeah. carried the rest of the series for twenty fucking years. Yeah, yeah, going up, on thirty years. Until... Up until Sonic Mania, which I will admit was good. Sonic Mania is a, is a very good game. But, yeah, everything else. Yeah. Yeah, like Sonic 1, 2, 3, and then Sonic and Knuckles, I believe. Those were all the, the 2D yeah. ones. Well, uh, 3D Blast is one of the ones I had. That was still Genesis. I actually enjoyed 3D Blast a lot more. Because you got to explore a bit more, and they didn't really pressure you to go as fast. That was the one that was in an isometric view, if you ever played it. Mm. Did not. Mm. It was uh, it was interesting. You had to you, you had to get all the birds or the little animals like you do in the other, but you actually had to get like five, and they had to follow you, and, and then you would jump in a ring and sort of like teleport them out, and then you could go to the next area, and there were so many areas in a level. And then it were just like Sonic, where it was like zone uh, act one, zone one, and then you had like floors on every zone to to get all the critters. Mm. It was um, it was it was fun, but it was hard. Hmm. Other than that, it's a normal Sonic game. Yeah. 
yeah. Ugh. So, any, yeah. Anyways, so yeah. Anyways, so yeah. Sega. So yeah, Sega like has been like in direct competition with Nintendo for the longest while. Like ever since, let me see. Um, since the beginning, there was like the Nintendo Famicom, and then the Genesis came out with. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, Sega came out with SG-1000, and then, like, immediately after that, it was um, uh, Super Nintendo versus Genesis, and then, um, oh, let me see, where was it? Uh, and then there the was multitude a of unremembered consoles. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm, oh, try, I'm yeah. trying to remember them all, but... The I Game mean, Gear, like, there was a lot. right? Uh, Game Gear, where, yes. Yeah, yes, the that Game Gear. batteries like a motherfucker. yeah. Oh boy, I don't really, I don't, I never actually had a Game Gear, but I do remember that the Game Boy and the Game Boy Color were probably my favorite portable handhelds, they were so good, and that was actually where I, I think it was, yeah, it was the Game Boy Color that was my first one, and my first game on that one was Pokemon Gold, don't, don't hate on me for, you know, only ever playing, like, you know, Gen 2 games and loving them more than the original, but, um. Oh no, the original ones are rough, I... I have the I have the original uh, Pokemon. I have Pokemon Yellow on my Switch, oh. or not Switch. I think I have Pokemon Yellow on some updated thing. Two mm-hmm. D, three DS. That's re-release. it. Yeah. Three DS. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've got. Anyways, mine on it is rough. Well. It is rough to play. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna I'm not gonna hate on you, but yeah, I had a we had a Game Gear. Uh, we didn't play it much. Uh, because we also had a Game Boy, mm-hmm. and uh, the rule was is that we had to buy our own batteries for those. Yeah. So the Game Gear did not actually see much action. No, yeah, and, um, yeah, like, let me see, yeah, um, yeah, the Game Gear actually ended up, um, not doing so well, because Game Boy actually, uh, ended up surpassing it and sold, uh, I think 11 million units, which is just Oh, yeah, Game Boy was, was on fire. Every, every Game Boy has been on fire at some Mm -hmm. point in its life cycle. Yeah, like except for the micro, I think the micro is the only thing that didn't sell like gangbusters. Mm-hmm. It didn't have a Pokemon game. Yeah, th- it didn't really have any game. Honestly, yeah, the micro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Game Gear apparently had like a very weak roster of games. Like they did not have a lot of you know very impressive titles. So uh, yeah, th- thank you, Game Freak, um, for not changing. And <laughs> like ever since the then, problem. it just it just started. <laughs> It started just wow. going downhill from there. Ever since um, they released, I believe it was the 32X. Um, which, oh yeah, 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 the 32X. That, Saturn uh, and the Saturn. Yep, the set. Oh man! Ever since those came out and the Sega CD, they they just plummeted. Like they they did so bad. Like apparently, um, uh, I don't but think there they, was a company they that had actually a swan did worse. Song. They had a swan song though. Mm-hmm. They had a final. They had a final good gasp, which was the Dreamcast. Yes, yes, the Dreamcast was actually a really decent one. And I, it, here's what's really funny: um, the Se- uh, Sega actually, um, uh, after they released the uh, Sega CD, which was like basically an extension uh, extension for the Genesis, as was the 32X, mm-hmm. and they all required their own charge ports. So you'd have like. You know, anywhere between like four to six cables just sticking out of like this one console, which is the most ridiculous idea that they had, <laughs> rather than just making a new console. I didn't you know. know that. Yeah, no, I yeah. thought they were separate consoles. The Sega Neptune was um is it was its own no. Sega CD console eventually later on, okay. which came a year after that, which was something that they should have done, 
But, I mean, nobody was going to buy it anyways because they'd already played on you know, the Sega CD extension for the Genesis, and they hated it. <laughs> it did so bad. Um, yeah, and, uh, man, after, like, um, after the mid-90s and uh, Genesis just was starting to fall behind... Um, they ended up, I think it was in 97, yeah, they said, uh, they announced that their intentions to merge with the Japanese toy maker Ban uh, Bandai, and, yeah, uh, there was, like, some money handling, you know, back and forth, whatever, they, they did, like, a $1 billion stock swap in the 90s, which is pretty crazy, um, and then, um, they Gee. formed a company, you know, say, uh, called Sega Bandai, which was obviously the most original Holy thing hell, who paid a billion dollars for Sega stock? Yeah, I don't know, but, like, yeah. Like, even though the Dreamcast was Four a really schlubs. good system in, uh, let me see, I believe it was 98, um, sadly, yeah, um, Sega struggled really hard to keep up with, um, all the other big consoles, like, PlayStation was out, N64, um, they just couldn't keep up with anybody anymore, and so they discontinued um, the Dreamcast in 2002. That was their last console, by the way, before they decided to become a um, a third-party developer Third party. and start making video games themselves. And they've got actually quite ugh, they've got quite an extensive list of of um, games that they've developed themselves, as well as uh, some. Uh, acquired too. licenses. Um, I didn't actually think that they would have a Warhammer game, Warhammer Four Thousand: Dawn of War. I didn't think that they actually owned that license, but apparently they acquired it in two thousand thirteen. No, no, no. They don't know. Um, that here's the thing about Warhammer. Warhammer. <coughs> um, Warhammer is actually going to appear when I talk about THQ. Also, mm -hmm. um, Warhammer is never owned the license to publish games is never owned by any game company it's oh. always the uh it's always um contracted out by the people who make warhammer oh I, okay so they probably me, bought toy, a toy license or whoever they are uh, yeah well it's workshop? mostly done in conjunction Okay, so yeah, so apparently they got distribution rights for it. I don't, I yeah. don't know how, but yeah, they they got it. Um, but um, then, oh shoot, yeah. there there was a YouTuber that I watched that did like an analysis of a bunch of different Warhammer games, because apparently Games Workshop yeah. will license Warhammer games out to pretty much anybody who says please yeah. and offers them cash. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's the way they are now. They didn't used to be like that. It was actually oh. rather exclusive back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, I did not know that. Yeah, that um, I'm not a huge Warhammer fan, but I know about it because of conjunction with being me being. Uh, I I was in the competitor of like basically the guys who do Hero Clicks now, but I was in Mage Knights, which was their previous game, um, which was in direct competition with Warhammer. So you kind of keep up to date on the competition as well uh, until I quit playing that. But then also Magic communities and game shops all have Warhammer stuff. And oh yeah, a lot of Venn diagrams on, like, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just a lot of intersections that I know about. And of course I played some Warhammer games I like. Uh, I don't remember the name of it. My brother and I played a Warhammer game recently. Chaos mm -hmm. Bane. There we go. Chaos Bane. Yeah. Oh, actually, I also forgot, uh, let me see, um, there, uh, Sega actually created a character called Segata Sanshiro 
to um, assist with the marketing for the Sega Saturn, which was... The commercials are great. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Like, the man defies all laws of physics. Like, he can do everything that Chuck Norris can, but in Japan. It's just phenomenal. <laughs> like, um, let me see. Uh, I believe it was... Um, uh, there was, like, a... Um, a commercial where he like stops like a missile from like hitting like uh the sega building and he's like stopping the rocket while his feet are like pressed against the glass and he's like just he's like completely he's like perfectly perpendicular to it all grabs oh the rocket God. and then he rides the rocket out into space and then has it blow up it was the most amazing thing i had ever seen Oh my god, and the fact that he can, like, disguise himself as, like, whoever he wants. There's, like, a scene where he's, like, dressed up like Santa Claus, but then he, like, rips the mask off or whatever, and the kids are like, Oh no, Sega Sausage! And then he just, like, beats everybody up. And there's, like, um... Oh, yeah. yeah. There's, like, a commercial where he, like, finishes off an entire nightclub, uh, like, full of people in just three judo throws. It was amazing. Phenomenal stuff. Oh my god. Oh... It's kind of, I, I wonder if the, because uh, remember there was the, I don't remember his name, but he was like the blonde haired pasty white guy that was for PlayStation. That like, he would be like jet skiing and, and just being like nonchalant, like, hey, PlayStation's got you covered. Like, <laughs> you remember that guy? It's kind of like, I wonder if they took some inspiration from uh, this guy. Segata Sanchiro. There yeah. you go. Oh man, it was just great. Okay. Um. Um. Yeah. I mean, so like, um, eventually, yeah. Say, um. That yeah, the Saturn was not the worst system, guy, yeah. but like, yeah, Kevin Butler. Yeah, Kevin Butler. Um. It wasn't a bad console, I guess. I mean, it's just the problem was is that Sega, even though like you know they were doing their best at the time. At, unfortunately, the, their technology was just substandard. It just it fell behind from, with everything else. Every everybody was just you know leagues ahead of them, and they just couldn't keep up. So then they had to um, uh, remodel the 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 entire company and make it so that you know they they weren't into consoles anymore because they just couldn't keep up with everybody else. Um, now, I just wanted to double-check my, uh, information to make sure that I didn't screw anything up. Um, as far as Sega CD, um, yep, yep, it was for the Genesis. Yep, I was right. Oh, my goodness. What a, what a terrible console. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good gravy. Um, yeah, there's not really much else that I can say about Sega other than the fact that ever since they got out of it and then they started, um, you know, uh, developing their own games, they've actually been doing relatively well, although I feel like maybe yeah. they were pushing Sonic maybe a little too hard for a lot of their games. Um, I mean, they're always pushing Sonic a little too hard. I mean, uh, I just, it's... Yeah. They like like we said. Uh, I think Sonic. Uh, what is it? Generations or wh whatever it was. There were Sonic Generations and then Sonic Mania. I think are the two that really stand out as decent since then. But like, mm -hmm. yeah. But what was it? Sonic O Six that the Game Grumps famously just died over. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I, I love I love it when people are like, "Oh, dude, do not play Sonic Three Sixty. This is a terrible game." 
And I actually have to agree. Like, the, the idea of, like, Sonic in, like, this weird Final Fantasy-style setting where people all look just incredible, but then there's, like, this, all of a sudden this cartoon hedgehog comes out of nowhere, and I'm like, uh, nope, yep, none of this fits. And, like, yeah, the gameplay is terrible, the controls yeah, are awful. Sonic and the Black Knight did the same thing. Yeah, uh, it's just, like... Why is Sonic always in love with these human girls too? Didn't that that also happen in Sonic 06, right? Like, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of I don't know what is up with it. It's very weird stuff. Do not look into the Sonic fandom. That's one of those things where if you uh stare into the abyss, the abyss stares back at you with oo eyes. Yeah. Oo Yes. Yeah. That's uh that's really where Cthulhu is hiding, is in the Sonic fandom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just very briefly while we're on this topic, that Sonic movie where Jim Carrey is Dr. Robotnik, just mm. imagine if that movie had come out in, like, 1997. Oh, my God. I know, right? It would be so Hi- the bad. The height of Jim Carrey stuff. No, yeah, like, oh. Jim Carrey would be, like, you know, Jim Carrey was, like, the funniest man in existence in, ni- in the 90s. Oh, and was, Sonic yeah. everywhere, and oh my god! Oh my! Just imagine god. if they had like done that, you know, in 1997. I I still want to see that movie. I haven't yet. Yeah. Um. I actually heard good things. I also haven't honestly. seen it. Um. It's it's got to be streaming somewhere or available to rent somewhere on some website. Probably, probably. Amazon. I'm pretty sure. I yeah. think. I think most people would probably agree, though, it's better than the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh my god, let's not even get onto the topic of the Super Mario's movie. I like that oh, movie. terrible! I actually like the Super Mario Brothers like movie. It. It, also, it also features one of my favorite songs called Walk the Dinosaur, so there you go. Here, wait, I've got I've to gotta mute my mic. <laughs> you don't look... <laughs> you don't get any decent dinosaur punk movies, Okay. This is our trash. Yeah. Go away, Morg. Oh my god, Cooper King. It wasn't even Bowser. And what did he do to Yoshi? What? Fuck off, Morg. Also, he, oh, also, fuck. he actually, Yo- Yoshi wasn't bad. They didn't do anything to Yoshi. Yoshi barely existed before Super Mario World. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I wanted a cute dino. And then they gave me... He was cute. Uh, Morg, Morg, look... There's like there's like four dinosaur punk movies out there, okay? Yeah. And one of them stars Bob Hoskins. Ugh. Yeah. So you can step off. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, I don't remember the actor's name, but the guy who plays Bowser is also the bad guy in Tank Girl, which yeah. is another favorite of mine. Hang on. No, he was he was like a legit actor. Hang on. Yeah. Can't remember his name all of a sudden, but no, he's in like some legitimate movies. Uh Yep. Uh, it'll take a second for me to find it, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm working it on it. I'm working on it. Oh, Dennis God. Hopper. Dennis Hopper. There you go. Yep. Oh, so I mean, you know, uh, outside of the fact that you know, um, Sega now, it, you know, selling, um, well, making intellectual properties and you know, selling games now, um, they're pretty successful right now i mean like we just recently just talked about um games like yakuza which right now is apparently their their best selling intellectual property like right now um 
yeah, they've, they've actually got quite a ton of games. I don't want to get into too many of them, but, um, yeah, their list is actually pretty good. I mean, like, Bayonetta was a great game. Um, <laughs> oh, boy, what are a couple of uh, games that a lot of people would actually know about? Dragon Force? Actually, I didn't know that was his I was wrong. Huh. I was wrong. Malcolm McDowell was actually the Tank Girl actor, not not the same guy. No, but, like, Dennis Hopper has, like, actual awards. He's actually critically acclaimed, yeah. so... No, 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 you're right. I just, I confused the okay. two of them together. Oh, my God, they made Fantasy Star. Oh, my goodness. Yes, they did. And that's still going strong. Mm-hmm. Um, Fantasy Star is a beloved game that I don't like. <laughs> it's you would think i would right because it's like oh yeah the looter shooter kind of thing like i love right the, yeah the loot stuff but like i loved diablo more and it felt more like a predecessor to monster hunter honestly mm. a lot of people are like oh yeah it's like monster hunter but like yeah but it's not as good like, <laughs> 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 that was me oh my goodness well, what was that one game uh, that came out a while ago? It was. It looked like a Pokemon ripoff, um, but it Yo-Kai involved. Watch. Which one? Yokai Watch. Was it Yokai Watch? Oh, here, wait. Yokai. Oh yeah. Huh. No, that's not quite uh, the game I was thinking about. I think it was. Oh, what was it? Um. I can't remember what it was. It was a very weird game where, yeah, like, um, you could, like, you could go around and, uh, capture monsters and then use them in battles, except what you did was you used cards, um, in order to contain them, which was very strange. It was like an odd combination between Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon put together, but it was more... Card captors Sakura? Uh, no, it's... Oh, man, like, it, it is such... Um, it's such a weird title. I can't remember what it was. I'm just gonna look up. Are you oh. talking about? Wait, 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 are you talking about Lost Kingdoms? Uh, Pokemon ripoff. Let's see. Where is it? Uh, Yokai Watch is the is the Pokemon ripoff. I've I've got to try and figure out what this game is because it's, it's driving me nuts. Um, here, wait. Uh, and it has like a red cat. Is that what you're talking uh, about? Let me see. Uh, monsters inside cards. Uh, I'm going to be very mad if it's Yokai Watch. I'm gonna be very... <laughs> it was a. <laughs> no, I joking. can't remember, but it it had like uh, K's and E's in the name. Uh, like Yokai with a K. K K. Uh... <laughs> God damn it! Uh... Why? Why did why did KK come up and it was six nine? No, I don't want to see a six nine rap. Oh God, um, never mind. You know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll remember it later on. But um, yeah, it was it was really really weird. Um, where was I going with this? Um, do we want to talk about Nintendo now, or or do we yeah, want to we'll get, we'll get something yours, else? We'll get yours taken care of. Okay, yeah. Okay, so Nintendo. Um. <laughs> Oh boy, where where Holy do I shit. even start? Uh, oh I didn't. Boy. I looked up Lost Kingdoms because I thought you were talking about that. Um, holy shit, I didn't think about that. Lost Kingdoms is from is the Dark Souls people. Oh wow, what the hell? From software. Yeah, that's interesting. 
I didn't know that. Anyways, oh, continue. Okay. Sega. Uh, um, or yeah, we're. I so think that, we can just finish up Sega. Um, as far as uh, as far as companies go, um, they didn't do very well. I mean, they tried, but they really, really struggled to keep with the times and to stay relevant. Um. Now, despite their hate campaigns, yes, but yeah, despite which, all their, which um, Sony, Sony lock and step took up the same tactic immediately against Nintendo too mm-hmm. with the uh, Crash Bandicoot and stuff. Oh man, yeah, yeah, I remember those. Those were so funny. Um, yeah. Um, so leading into Nintendo, um, it was um originally um a company that uh produced handmade playing cards which is i don't yep. know pretty crazy um and then um in the 1960s they acquired a legal status as a public company um um under the company named nintendo um and then they started uh, distributing uh, video game consoles in 1977 which is pretty early actually um oh sorry yeah wait uh yeah oh the color TV game in 19... 19- oh! That was their first console? That is so weird! It looks like this little weird orange box thing with a dial knob and, like, two buttons and, like, these weird gauges. What an interesting concept. Okay, so that is an, an incredibly um, obscure and niche console. Uh, that came before the Nintendo Entertainment System eight years afterwards. Wow! I didn't. Even, I thought the Nintendo Entertainment System was the first one, but nope, nope, nope. It, Nintendo, you surprised well, they did, me. They did. Um, Mario existed before the NES as well. Oh yeah, because the, there was mm-hmm. there was the Mario Brothers. But I, as I understood it, it was an arcade release. I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Uh, my my goodness. Like, where do we even start with Nintendo? They've. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Where do I even start? Well, Early obviously, history. obviously, they weathered the storm of Sega, and then immediately went into a storm of PlayStation hate mail. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Oh my good. Yeah. Yeah. Nintendo kind well, of is in the same boat as Sega, but they handle it way way better, and they uh, actually have a pretty I... good following disagree a lot of times people are like oh you know nintendo's gonna go third party they've been saying this for years mm-hmm. it's like no they're not like the, the the most when people were saying that well i guess was the wii u days but they had made so much money from the wii that like they could have released i think what it was, what was the estimates they could have released three mm-hmm. more whole life cycles of wii u's and Did still not even been i close to think we lost them again like, unfortunately oh no I don't. I don't get yeah. where people. Uh, I remember are seeing like, that factor and I remember the bunch. Like, it's like they could have. Really the, the company could have like operated at a loss for like a popular. decade before they actually went in the red because of the Wii. <laughs> they had made enough in the mm-hmm. previous I remember couple trying to get a hold of the Wii like, that Christmas. Yeah. <clears throat> Is he back? Yeah. Oh, there you are! Yay, Fortuan! You're back. Um. Oh, I didn't realize I was gone. Oh, that's, sorry. That's yeah, sad. I think your audio cut out. Um. Uh, yeah, something so cut out because you just went robot and then we couldn't hear. Yeah, you. so you said you disagreed about Nintendo. Um, yeah, yeah, because they've never really been on the fence at all. I'll just delete what I said earlier and re-say it. Um, mm-hmm. But like, the, you know, when people were saying like, "Oh, Nintendo's going to go third party," 
um, that was like what Wii U and 64 days, and both the to- both times they're riding on a success wave of like liquid assets from the previous generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think the estimates at the time of the Wii U was like, hey, because of the Wii, like we could probably release like six more Wii U's and still be fine. Like, <laughs> like oh, I, I've never understood that mentality that Nintendo has been on the fence. It's just they're not they're not playing. They're not playing the graphics wars like everyone, like like uh, Xbox and Sony are anymore. Yeah, yeah. Nintendo doesn't give a fuck about graphics. No, and I'm okay with that. I'm a hundred percent okay with that. I'm mostly Switch. okay with it. Switch my favorite system, hands down. Yeah, no, we are yeah. at a point where we don't need like I, you don't need graphics, but mm-hmm. like, Jesus Christ, Game Freak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll get there. <laughs> oh, man. This is, it's a good cross-section with Nintendo, for sure. Yeah, my goodness. Um, Oh, my goodness. Where do we even start? Um, They actually made... Oh, my goodness. So, I'm assuming that everybody knows about the history of the Game & Watch, which came out in the 80s, like 1980. That thing is actually pretty cool. So, it was... It, I think this... This was not the first time I don't think that we'd ever seen like a um, LED uh, handhelds, but um, yeah, that was that definitely was one of their uh, big uh, steps into electronics. Um, and then they started making. Uh, let me see. Oh yeah, they also had Donkey Kong, which they actually yeah actually they were making arcade games um, for um, early. Uh, am I going to say arcades really? I feel like I'm on repeat here. Yeah, I'm a broken record. But yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah, they they re- they started uh, releasing um, uh, big machines at arcades, and then I believe it was uh, when was it? Uh, oh yes, um, yeah, it was when they started making home consoles, like the Nintendo Entertainment System, which came out in when was this? Uh, yeah, 1985. Um, and then that's when they, yeah, that's when they really started to take off. Um, uh, where do I even start with the Nintendo Entertainment System? They have over 800 games for that console alone. It was insane how many games they had released on that console. And, um, I believe there were also, um, uh, third-party producers, uh, that were, uh, making, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, bootleg games, actually. Uh, bootleg cartridges uh, for them to be able to sell all their stuff for people to be able to play on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah. And uh, I think it was called Wisdom Tree, I think it was, where they were making Bible games for it. Was it Was it Wisdom Tree? I, oh, I God. See if, um, uh, <laughs> I think it was like Rainbow Games or something. Hang on. AVGN talks about them quite extensively. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, an American developer of Christian video games, originally founded in 1988, was Color Dreams. Yep. Oh, yep. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Because their, their the logo one. is like some stupid rainbow. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. Man. I I had more than a few of those games. Yeah, and like surprising just, nobody. <laughs> yeah, and despite there being so many garbage games on that console, just the sheer volume of, of games that there were for that. For that console, they had some really big, heavy-hitting titles that were just amazing, like Legend of Zelda, Kirby, um, the original Mar- uh, Super Mario Brothers, um, and then, uh, well, I guess um, 
when I'm saying Super Mario Brothers, I mean, like, I guess there were the two different kinds. There's the one that was the, um... Just keep talking. Yeah, there was the one that was, like, the 2D platformer, where you go from one screen to the other, and then there was also the, uh, the arena-based one, where you just try and beat your uh, opponent. Um, let me see. Uh, where can I go? Oh, yeah, and then there was also Metroid. Uh, th yeah, there were just a ton of, like, classic titles that really... They wet your and they wet your appetite like when you first pick up those games. Sure, they had a, a couple of really crappy games like all the ones that were made by LJN, which were just oh awful. yeah, God LJN, yeah. Oh that's my, that's the other God. one I was thinking of. Yeah, they are terrible. Yes, oh ugh, LJN. Um, my goodness, yeah. And then um, I believe it was from uh, ninety to ninety two. Um. Uh, Game Boy and Super Nintendo first came out. Those were incredibly popular. I'll... The the God yeah, game, the like... God of uh, puzzle games Tetris. Yes. Oh my God, Tetris, wonderful game. Um. Oh, I'm so short of breath because like I'm I'm tackling a really a really big. Uh, a really big topic here. There's so much to discuss, but I mean, like getting in depth with, with a series that everybody knows about so well, it's like, do I really need to say so much? Like, do we really need to talk about how successful the Game Boy was or the Super Nintendo? We know how successful they were. I mean, the proof was in, in the pudding for anybody who has had a childhood in that day. My God, I lost so many hours as a kid playing uh, playing on Game Boy and on the Super Nintendo. Those were really, really good consoles. The Game um, Boy single-handedly made road trips my favorite thing ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because and... I, I, I wasn't allowed to play video games very much, you know? Like, mm -hmm. you know, limited hours a day. But if we're on a road trip, I don't got any chores. I just sit in the back of the van and play my Game Boy. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful. Yeah. And um, I don't believe that Sega had these... But Nintendo uh, had um, issues of magazines for uh, called Nintendo Power, oh, yeah. which oh, gave yeah. yeah players hints as uh, hints and cheat codes and what have you um, to give them an advantage for playing those really hard as balls games, and like what a concept, like what a great concept is. You have your games, sure they're difficult, whatever, and yeah, you know a really good player could try and figure out how to beat the game themselves. Even though a lot of the the things, like, for example, Simon's Quest, you know, having the red orb and then crouching in the corner and waiting for the tornado to come and pick you up, that nobody would think to do that unless you had a copy of Nintendo Power. Um, having, you know, um, having a, uh, a magazine line, you know, for player, you know, designed for players who buy their products, um, what a genius concept, you know, <laughs> like... Um, and this was back I'm just in the gonna day. Going to pretend like I heard all of this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I dropped out hard. God damn it! All yeah. Right. Well, anyways, I'm talking about uh, yeah the success of the Game Nintendo Boy Power. and the Super yeah. Nintendo, and yeah Nintendo Power. The fact that they came up with the idea of like releasing a magazine that would give players hints as to you know uh, hints, uh, tips and tricks on how to be able to you know gain certain advantages or even figure out really difficult puzzles to games that they oh, enjoy dude. playing what a great concept i mean aladdin a whole playthrough was there it was just like a comic strip of every level and everything mm -hmm. and then one of the nintendo powers and i bought it because it was essentially an aladdin strategy guide mm -hmm. it's like here's literally everything yeah 
in a comic strip form. Yeah. <laughs> and like and not only are you making money off of like the sales for the consoles and for the games themselves alone, now you've also got money coming in from subscriptions for your magazine. So Subs- like subscriptions all- for your advertising. Yeah, exactly. And more advertising. I mean like it's it's just a brilliant idea. And granted this was at a time now, before the internet, really. If if I'm not mistaken, Nintendo Power was not actually officially Nintendo. Hmm. It wasn't? Really? I don't that think so. That is news so. to me. Hang on. Let's let's figure this out. Um, you know what? I'm not even going to open up my browser in fear that it'll just disconnect me. But No yeah. worries. We will <laughs> fact check you. We will fact check this. Okay, so it was put out by I'm... Nintendo of America. Yeah. So that's important. Yes. So yeah, so it's the, the branch of Nintendo that ju- actually cares about the West. Yeah, exactly. For, for us <laughs> dumb players who can't figure anything out, you know. Okay. But anyways, yeah, and the fact that, it, like, I think in the magazine they also had a hotline for players to just call people up on the phone and to, like, get, like, tips and to get, like, hints and yeah, whatever. Yeah, but when isn't that, hilarious. like, $10 an hour? It was, like, insane. Yeah. It was, like, an insane price. Like, it sounds like <laughs> It sounds like ransom. <laughs> um... So I I remember the I, I called into them once because you could call into them for free if your uh, Pokemon cart got messed up due to missing now. They had a hotline set up for that, so I had to get because I uh, I did mess up my Pokemon cart um, oh. with missing now, and I had to get it fixed. I never did, but I did a lot of missing now stuff. Oh, me too. So. I did shitloads of it. I only ever did Mew glitch. I mean, that's that's just me. I just don't like to, you know, cheat outside of that. I like to do, like, the safe safe exploits. But, um, yeah. I was all into Game Shark for a while. Oh. Then I got bored of it. Yep, Game Shark and Game Genie, yes. And I, I don't know of any other um, consoles of the time where they had, like, these um, uh, third-party Hotlines. cheat code systems. Like or like yeah. you know like the, these add-ons that you know were not. I don't think that they were licensed by Nintendo. I don't believe oh, no. they no, were. Absolutely oh no, absolutely no. no. no, no, no. Um, but I mean, but like... for, for what it's worth, the Game Shark did work in uh, Sega games too. Because mm. all oh, it is yeah. is like a. It's just um, it's just a code editor, really. Hmm. I think I think the last gasp of of Game Shark was the PS2 GameCube era Xbox. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've seen anything like that since. The action mm-hmm. replay lives on uh, lives on in the Pokemon community. Oh, okay. Mm. Hmm. Because awesome. there's Did there's lots that. of uh, Pokemon that you can only get through certain events from Nintendo. And so people yeah. who are frustrated because they missed out on the once-a-decade event can't get any freaking Miloetas. I'm sorry. It's not my turn yet. <laughs> Mm-hmm. No, it's it's <laughs> it's an overlap. It makes sense. We are talking about you know Game Shark and cheating in Nintendo. So yeah, cool. uh, but yeah, action replay does live on in the Pokemon community. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So so I take it that Sega's your bad and Nintendo's your good. Yeah. Um, I mean, like with the way that they've handled their businesses. Um. I mean, like Nintendo's not perfect by any stretch of the imagine imagination. I mean, like, they made the Virtual Boy. Oh, my God, what a shitty system. I mean, like... Now, let let me let me go to bat for Virtual Boy, not on the merit of the system, 
but the fact that the Nintendo released a VR console in the 90s. Like, that's insane. Yeah, they, right? they tried, which was, you know, it that was a very no, no, inspired no. idea. They succeeded. They released it. It was a thing. But, like, yeah, it didn't do well. Obviously, it's not, it's not, it, it was a failure in quotations, but it was available and people played it, right? Yeah, like that it, is true. It, it was a thing. Like, it, I, the, one of the big things, so I'm obviously more of a Nintendo fan than a Sega fan, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's pretty clear from what I've said so far today, but, like, one of my favorite things about Nintendo is they're not afraid to innovate. Yes. They're just not. And that's what, that's why I will always get a Nintendo, si- not, I, I say that because if they're not innovating, I won't get a Nintendo system. That's why I have always got a Nintendo system. And it's almost always since I've had the funds and the free will and not been a kid, uh, I will buy day one since the Wii. I think it was the first time I could have done that um, on my own volition because I was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, um, like... The, it's insane. It's insane how much people like copied what the Nintendo did, and sometimes do it better, sometimes do it worse. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, motion controls, and then they started getting into touch controls with the PS4, right? The 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 stupid pad thing that I hate whenever any game uses. Oh God! It. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but like the Wii, you know, the Wii U gamepad with uh, asynchronous gameplay, like that. I was so excited for asynchronous gameplay. Did mm-hmm. it get used? Not really. No, but <laughs> uh, oh man. Well, I mean, like I mean, it, Left for Dead did it well. Yeah, I mean, Not well, Left yeah, Dead, uh, like Zombie U. Yeah, well, I mean, like the same could be said with like what was it? The PS3 that came out with like the um, it was wireless. But, I mean, you could... It had motion detection in the controller as well, and, I mean, like... The wands. I mean, yeah. there were there were a number of games that actually took advantage of it, but, I mean, like, they were complete PlayStation flops. Move is what you're talking about. Um, not quite. PlayStation um, Move is... Uh, yeah, if you're talking about with the wands, oh, yes, that was PS3, PS... Oh, no, no, no. I mean, like, I... Well, there was Layer, but I mean, like, we don't really need to talk about that game. Like, the fact that you could control your dragon by, like, tilting your controller back and forth. Oh, oh you're God. talking about the six axis? Yeah, six sorry. axis. I thought you were talking about the actual... Okay, God, sorry. I, my misunderstanding. I was so disappointed by Layer. Yeah, it, I had we hopes all were. for that Never game. Never played it. <laughs> Never played it, I have no idea. Oh, <laughs> It's a game where you capture dragons and fly around on them. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Didn't they already do that in like what was a PlayStation Two like Dragon Fury or Dragon Fire? Panzer Dragoon. It was maybe I I don't I'd have to look it up and again I'm not going to because I might lose connection. But um, yeah, I'd show you the video, but uh, it would probably just kill your computer. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, which sucks because I have a really freaking awesome machine. It's just the internet for some reason is being particularly terrible today. Yeah. Um. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to talk to my dad, and we are going to run a Cat Five underneath the basement at this point. Ooh. I am done. I am done with this. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, I mean, like, yeah, with the with the Super Nintendo, or at least that was what it was called over in the West. Um, in uh, Japan, it was called the Super Famicom. And apparently the first batch of 300,000 consoles sold out in a matter of hours. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, that's really, really good. Um, 
Let me see. And people yeah. couldn't find the, the, the people couldn't find a Wii for uh, regularly for two years. Mm-hmm. It took two years for them to have regular stock in stores. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I yeah, I know. I staked out a GameStop and a Walmart. Um, I I so I I got the money for a Wii U um for Christmas. I saved it up and along with my own. Not a Wii U, sorry, yep. a Wii. So, like, I was on my own buying stuff, but I saved it up for Christmas presents and my own money. Saved it up. I was going to get it when it re- released. I couldn't pre-order because I didn't have enough time. But I had everything ready. And on my birthday, which is in January, I finally got one because I knew a guy who knew a guy who worked at Game Crazy in Columbus, which is an hour away. Right. And then mm-hmm. I got like I arrived as the store opened and the dude let me in before the store opened so I could get one. And all I could afford was the console. I had no games. I just had the Wii Sports and I loved it. God, <laughs> that tank game. That tank game. Oh, I wish they put well, that tank game on the switch. That would be yes. really awesome. Actually, you know what? Uh, actually, you know what? Yeah, I'm actually over at my sister's house, and we had a we have a Wii, and in Wii Sports, I love bowling. It is so amazing. You have any idea how big a high I had when I got my first turkey? Ooh, three strikes, man! Just pow, 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 and I was like, <gasps> I mean, the 100 pin mode was just—it's like ASMR to me. Yeah. It was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> they just get it and it's like bang oh the head tingles uh, <laughs> yeah um so yeah um now this was really something that was interesting that i didn't know about this but apparently nintendo came up with this uh the concept um called nintendo gateway systems where they had versions of the super nintendo uh game boy game boy color game boy advance nintendo 64 and gamecube Installed in some Northwest Singapore Airlines, Air China, Air Canada. Um, it was. It, I I oh, did yeah. not know that this was a thing. It was really really cool. Like no no no, they they did that not the way that you're talking about it. Like 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 this. Like it was airports and stuff. Mm-hmm. I learned about Nintendo's existence aside from my late uncle, uh, who actually. It's, I'm, I'm, I don't think I've ever told about that. My my mm-hmm. uh, uncle, when I was four, introduced me to Mario. Right, I loved it. We played it together. Was super close to my uncle, and he unfortunately was hit by a drunk driver like a week later. Like, so like, um, and he he passed away when I was four. So I don't know him very well. But he introduced me to Nintendo, mm-hmm. and I sort of like forgot about it because we couldn't afford one at the time. But uh, along the same lines. I refound it in a furniture store. And it wasn't like, hey, it's available to buy at the furniture store. It's like what you're talking about. There was a console oh, sitting no, out no. for kids to play. That's well, that's exactly what I mean. They would have consoles yeah. in these places. So, like, they would have them in, like, passenger aircrafts as well as, like, in hotels and yeah. lodges. And, like, what a cool idea just having, like, the console readily available there for people to play on. I mean, it's a great marketing tactic for sure. You know, just be like, well, you know, you know, we're at an Airbnb and then just be like, oh, look at that. There's an N64. Nice. We can play a little Mario Kart. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And they did the, I remember the Super Nintendo one a lot more because I played at Mario World that way at that furniture store. 
Um, we were at, our family was at a wedding one time, mm-hmm. and I played Tetris Attack, the the Yoshi one. Uh, if you remember, yeah. Um, in a hotel, they just had like, hey, you could rent the, the Super Nintendo for like ten bucks uh, on your bill. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Oh my god, that yeah. was awesome. When we, yeah, I remember my like, brothers and I. We would just beg our mom to let us like rent Super Mario World, and she'd be like, "No, we got Super Mario World at home." Yeah, <laughs> but I want to play it now, dude. I, when we used to go to trips to Georgia, we had one of those dinky like four inch TVs in our van, and I and I found yeah. a way to hook to hook up my N sixty four, and I would play uh, I would play Donkey Kong Country, uh, not Donkey Kong Country, sorry, DK sixty four, and I actually beat mm. it on the way down to Georgia and back, like. <laughs> I, I did that with Majora's Mask on a road trip. God, where were we driving? I think we were on our way to Niagara Falls, which is a long wow, ass road trip. A yeah, that's a long wow. ass road trip from Nebraska. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, from here to Georgia it was a 14 hour drive. So we normally did it in a day, but it was not fun. So. Well, let me clarify. Southern Georgia, almost Florida. We were 30 minutes from the Florida border. Yeah. I hate Georgia so much. (laughs) (laughs) So, what else about Nintendo Morg? Oh boy, have we got a list of awesome things that they came out with. Oh my gosh, let's go into... 1993 to 1998, the Nintendo 64, the Virtual Boy, and the Game Boy Color. Ooh, what a great time. So, Nintendo 64, pretty pretty awesome console. Um, it's kind of funny looking, um, but it had some pretty awesome stuff on it. I mean, it had now, a lot of Now, let me ask you guys this. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of classics on it. But let me ask you this. Of any of the systems, I feel that the N64 is the one that had the least games that that I cared about. It did And it's weird because I I loved it. But, like, uh, off the top of my head, I remember DK64, Mario 64, Turox, and Banjo, and Diddy Kong Racing and Mario Kart. Like, I, that's... And I could name you dozens of games on the, any other system. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't... Like, there's not a lot on the 64 that really grabbed me. Yeah. Do, you know what makes it even worse? Hmm? You want to know what, what, what makes it even worse? What's that? The cartridges have no end labels. So if you stack them all on a shelf... You have to go through all your games in order to find the one that you're looking for. Isn't that sad? Uh, you you write permanent marker on the side, Morg. That's what everyone did. I didn't. I didn't desecrate my cartridges like that. Mine has Michael Tinney written on the side. By the way, it's the name of one of my friends. Because it was his. And I bought it off him. <laughs> I can't remember what game. Bye, Fortuan. Yeah. For the listeners, 420. No, yeah, a lot of secondhand swords, you'll see a lot of names written on them. Okay. Well, eventually when 420 gets to editing this, uh, my my cartridges, I lovingly laid them out in a grid on a table. Can I flip uh, my internet? For display. Mm -hmm. Is that like a thing? the table although you could tell you always knew which one donkey kong 64 was you always knew which one uh 
Majora's Mask was if you were a cool kid and had the golden colored cartridge. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. And I forget if Ocarina of Time came in an alt color cartridge. Do you remember, Mark? Uh, I am actually going to take a look because I actually did not have Ocarina of Time first thing. My first time actually playing it, I think it was on an emulator and then I got it on the 3DS. So I'm going to actually take a look. Ocarina oh, of... Ocarina of Time did have the gold one. Okay, time. so I wonder if Majora's okay, so... had one too. It seems like I'm back, but my computer legit says I have no internet connection. <laughs> That's fun. Okay, that they is both so came bizarre. In, they both came in uh, gold cartridges, but the Majora's Mask one had a little holographic thingy. You know those like holographic images that were popular in the 90s? Uh, I oh, guess that yeah. makes sense. I, di I did play Zelda 64, Ocarina of Time. There you go. Oh yeah, yep. I I remember that. Yeah. Oh, what were those things called? Like um, where you like uh, where you take like um, the the thing, and then you just kind of like tilt it back and forth, and then the image would change. Uh, what are they called again? Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, the the holographic uh, thingies. That's like one image superimposed on another, and you can tilt it and looking weird. I literally think they're called holographics, and that's it. Like uh, I don't okay. I don't know of any other word for them. Yeah, holographic image. Nineties uh, uh, holographic. Uh, what's the technical term? Ah! I have now. I hate it. Killed both Gog and Steam from my taskbar just to make sure that nothing else is connecting to the internet. Oh, uh, is your brother? Well, is yourself. your brother fucking up your your connection? I don't know. He could be. Yeah. We had that problem where uh, a game, we were trying to do a D&D &D game on, on one of the Thursdays that we play, and we ended up both of us dropping because uh, Animal Crossing decided to randomly update on my Switch. Oh, no! Oh, what is going on? Go, turn your, go put your Switch into airplane mode, man. Yeah. I have to find it. Oh, no. I think it's in the other one. Okay. So, well, yeah. well so Forge anyways, finds his yeah. Switch, anything else to t say about Nintendo? Okay, so, yeah, the Nintendo 64, I was going to actually get into it. Um, they actually had some really innovative um, pieces of technology that they installed onto the thing. For example, there was a game called Hey You Pikachu, which yep. took the... Yeah, if, if anybody knows about this game, it it's was It's actually a not game... me. It came out during the, like, time period when I wasn't allowed to play Pokemon games, but continue. Oh, oh my god. It was it was such an innovative oh, yeah. time. Like... It, and it's glorious $80 price tag. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. It was really expensive. But it, this was <laughs> one of the times where you actually could use microphones that were built into your controller... And then it would it would actually use voice commands for you to be able to control Pikachu. Audio, like, oh my god, that that was for the nineties. That was an incredible like. Oh, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, it's just awesome. Like, you, you could just go to the Pikachu and be like, "Okay, turn left," and then he would just turn his left, and then you could be like, "Go this way," that you know, this many steps, and he would take that many steps, and you'd be like. Oh my god, I could just tell this Pikachu to do whatever I wanted, and it would do it. Well, almost everything. It couldn't make you a sandwich, which I'm kind of upset about, because I would have liked a Pikachu to make me a sandwich. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, uh, oh boy, yeah. And, um, hmm. 
Where do I even start with this? This, I, I, yeah, so, yeah, Nintendo 64, first time that we've ever really seen, uh, 3D platforming games, typically from, uh, from them, um, yeah, when the Virtual Boy came out, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose Fortuan could argue that, yes, they made, uh, Virtual a thing, but in my, you know, honestly, from my standpoint, they made 3D games more than they did virtual games. Um, and it did not do very well. I mean, uh, it had fewer, it had fewer games than you could count on both your hands, uh, for their library. Um, and yeah, they, it yeah. had tennis. Yeah, they did have tennis. And that's all I know. I wish that they had, <laughs> I wish they had color. I wish they had more color than black and red. But, I mean, eh, it, it was what it was. I mean, there were some really good games on there. Like, there was, like, this weird BattleBots one where you were, like, a, like a giant mech that would actually be in, like, a boxing ring. And it was first-person-style view where you would just be, like, smacking other bots and trying to guard their attacks and stuff like that. Which was really cool. Cool concept. But then it also released Waterworld. A, a terrible movie made into a game on a on a very iffy console. Unpopular opinion, I'm okay with Waterworld. Oh my god, Fort One. Oh, I haven't uh, seen it in you will be redeemed. probably 20 you, years, you so redeemed. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I will be redeemed for shitting all over the Moss Hunter movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, don't no, you don't need redemption for you know, shitting on it, you will re be redeemed because you will be shitting on it. Um, I have been for six years. I'm not kidding. Yeah, it's been six years we've been talking about this crap. Movie. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> oh man. Um. So yeah, in '95 we had the Virtual Boy. In '96 we got the first Pokemon games for uh, the Game Boy. Uh, for uh, for Game Boy, and I believe Game Boy. Yes. Also. Had palette had had color versions and Game Boy Color. Yeah, not that they were separate cartridges; they just were Game Boy Color cartridges, technically. Yeah, well, they they were they were built into the case of the traditional Game Boy, where you'd plug it in, but then there would be like that little slot that you'd use to lock it in place, so then that game wouldn't come out. But then with the Game Boy Color, all you had to do was just pop the game in turn on the the handheld and then you were good to go the the cool thing about um uh pokemon uh red and green were released in japan but then red and blue became um internationally accessible the cool thing about yep, it yeah. i had red chauncey had blue yeah and we we we, we caught them all mm -hmm. oh my god what a feat it was to like being able to catch them all um yeah, like, uh, that's when, yeah, I I honestly don't know whether to say that Pokemon games were the reason why Game Boy Color was so successful, but I mean, like, um, there were some... Yeah, there were, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, I think it's fair to say that, yeah, I mean, there were good Game Boy Color games, like, there was Wario Land uh, 2 and 3, they were, they were pretty good games, but I mean, like, I don't think they stood right. out as much as Pokemon. You you could probably argue that without Pokemon, it would have done fine, but there's no arguing that Pokemon didn't sell Game Boys. Oh, I mean, God, yes, on. they did, yeah. <laughs> like, single-handedly, they're probably one of the reasons why they did so well. Um, 
then, uh, let me see, in 1999, um, yeah, with the advent of the PlayStation 2, when that came out, um, Nintendo decided, well, they actually got into an agreement with IBM and Panasonic, and then they developed the, um, one, they developed their own, uh, processor, it was, like, 128 bits, and they also had a DVD drive to be used for the Nintendo, um, GameCube, I believe it was, um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that was an amazing console. Um, I wouldn't, yep. <laughs> for some strange reason, I like the N64 more than the GameCube, but I mean, the GameCube was really good in its own right. Um, and it had a good number of Pikmin. games in it. Um, unfortunately, Luigi's yeah, Mansion. Yeah, unfortunately, like, even though, like, it, it was, it was very well, it was a good performing system and it actually, um, had a capacity to actually outperform other systems, like it had better processing power and such like that. Um, unfortunately, it was like considered like the lunchbox of like the consoles at the time cause, I because I mean, it yeah, there like was one. Yeah, it looked like a lunchbox. Like it looked like a little kitty's lunchbox. But and I think it even came with Whoa. the handle, right? Yes. Am yeah, I right? It came with a handle, but that was meant for like when people took their system to other people's places. Like, yeah, that's what that was. For. Yeah. Yeah, Which exactly. was cool. It was cool. Um, I mean, like, it, when it's competing with other consoles that are all trying to be like, ooh, we are black and sleek and so cool. Nintendo's you know, like, collect got, like, all this... the colors. Yeah, they're like, fuck it. Big purple box. We're going to give them that. Poiple. Poiple. We're going to go poiple. Yeah, we're going to go poiple, boys. <laughs> boys and goyles, would you like a poiple system? And now I'm in the Bronx. Um, yeah. <laughs> um... It didn't. It um. It didn't quite sell as good as um as they would have liked. But I mean, like they did pretty well. Um. Yeah, in America, apparently they fo- sold um five hundred thousand units. Um, it was um. Wow, actually, yeah, in two thousand in June two thousand one, it was actually um. It was the fastest selling video game console in the United States at the time. Wow, I'm <laughs> I'm actually impressed. You did very well, GameCube. You do, you've done very, well, very well. So more, and instead of going through every console, because we, we all pretty know every console that came out, like, what are yeah, your thoughts yeah. in, in, in um, general? My thoughts in general? Um, I honestly I honestly think that Nintendo, because of, like, they're, the fact that they've found ways to be able to innovate their video games and take the different route every single time, with all their stuff, and I'm I'm not even joking. All their stuff is completely different from the mainstream stuff that we've seen. Like GameCube had tinier discs nah, and not, stuff like that. Like not all. Like the conduit for the Wii was clearly just them trying to relive Goldeneye mm-hmm. and the first-person shooter deluge that we had in that era. But not yes, for the most part, they innovate. Mm-hmm. Still, yes. Yeah, like uh, like. Uh, how, uh, how do I describe it? Like, even their DS, like, I don't know of many consoles or, like, handhelds that had, like, touchscreen, like, technology, like, before Nintendo came out with it. You know what I mean? Like, it was only until, like, we got the, P- uh, like the, the, the PlayStation Vita where they decided to add a touchscreen onto the back of the handheld, and I'm like, eh, I don't think so. Well... Yeah, and we'll see. You see how mu- how well that worked because it, the Vita nearly died. It was terrible. Because, well, and one of the things I like to point out, the PSP 
did gangbusters uh, alongside the DS at the time. Mm-hmm. It didn't outsell the DS, but it, it held its own. It, it was re- it was a good console. Big, big part of it, it had Monster Hunter, and it was getting lifeblood in Japan because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Vita came out, and then Monster Hunter went to Nintendo. Yeah, <laughs> and then PlayStation. I don't, yeah, we haven't really seen anything as far as portable consoles from... Oh, whoa, actually, yeah. Are there any, were there any other portable handheld consoles aside from Nintendo stuff that we'd seen like after after, Vita. after the Vita? I don't think so. Nope. Oh, nope, my goodness. Not a thing. And I don't yeah, think yeah. I don't think anybody's going to dare like raise their hand to the Switch at this point. No, no. no. That thing is And I I love the fact that the Switch is a hybrid as well cuz it's like I actually very much enjoy my Switch on the TV. Mm-hmm. That's how I, I end up playing my Switch most of the time. But, like, when the girls are here and, you know, like, they're playing and I have a little bit of time, it's also awesome to not play on the TV and just have it off so they can watch Blippi or whatever. The <laughs> <laughs> I, <hate them. laughs> I don't even know what it is, but I'm happy I don't. <laughs> it's like, it's like... You know those like kid shows that he's like, "Hey, let's go do this." It's like Mister Rogers, except if Mister Rogers was you know handicapped. But oh, <laughs> oh, I hate it. <clears throat> anyways, yeah. Well, anyways, yeah. Honestly, yeah. Uh, ever yeah. We'll just go into the fast track of this and say that yeah, Nintendo has been doing really well. They've been really innovative with a lot of their ideas. They've been throwing a lot of stuff at the wall. And a lot of it stuck, except for, I believe it was the Labo, which really, it confuses no, me even to wrong. this day. It confuses me. You're wrong. Me. You're 100% wrong. You're 100% wrong. I know I'm wrong. That is selling well. It is selling well and doing very well, but it's not doing well for gamers. What it is, is, what do they call that? Pan, you might know. The certain type of learning. It's a new thing. I can't remember. It's it's popular with kids. Uh, it's like tactile learning. I can't. Remember. I have no idea what you're like, talking about. Yeah, it has to do something something with like you know physical learning, There's like an, where they're like ha- very hands on. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, but I mean like outside that, of that, it's cardboard. So I mean, uh, I don't like it. But I mean, whatever works. But it's not meant. F- but it's not meant for you or me. It is actually meant as educational stuff, like purely as educational. Mm-hmm. Um. Just like how if they had actually come out with the life sensor, it wouldn't have been for gamers. No. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's it's for outside and, and like the the Labo stuff, as far as I have known, has been doing well. And well enough that they keep making them. They even made that um robot one afterwards. They made one for Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. Like I wish I remembered what that was called. Like it's a certain type of learning. My 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 friend Brian, his kids. Let me are, let, are let me really ask. Let it. me try to describe this to my husband. He might know the answer. Technical term for describe it to hands me first. On learning. Hey Steve, Fortuan and Morgan trying to remember this word. Oh, kinesthetic. No, never mind. They figured learning. it out. Kinesthetics. There you go. Okay. Yep. Thank you. All right. Never mind. You guys Kin- got it. Anesthetics. There you go. So it's an actual like thing that's become a thing, and the Nintendo is jumping on that bandwagon, and they're doing okay. I can only like, imagine hmm. how much Labo sold during the quarantine. 
Oh my goodness. I, I don't even want to know because $80 cardboard. Oh my God. Well, like it's, that's highway well, robbery, man. It's criminal. That That's how it's, successful it is. It's a criminal it's, act. It's like, it's like my first robotics kick more than a uh, kit than, than just cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> like you have to, you have to understand it's not just cardboard. There's other things that go with it. There's an actual software in there. There's actual like it's like those those connect things. It's just like, cardboard instead of plastic, right? You know the things I'm talking about, right? So, you know what? Yeah, you, yeah. You know, I, I'm willing to I'm willing to say that you know it's probably a better way to go about it because hey, it's recyclable or compostable, whatever way you want to look at it. And I don't have any of these, but um, like I said, my friend does. And he's talked about it like, yeah, it's cardboard, but it's thick yeah. <laughs> and it's strong. <laughs> um, but um, one thing that I, I uh, that I've noticed with the quarantine is the switch is again sold oh, out, yeah. like it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so that I was actually lucky that during the quarantine I got a purple and an orange Joy-Con, which is both of my daughter's favorite colors since they started being more interested in gaming recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I replaced my Joy-Cons uh, uh, about a month before the quarantine started. No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm, I'm so happy that I did it right before quarantine started going on and, like, Joy-Cons are now, like, 200 bucks a pop or some shit. Oh, my God! Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Joy-Cons are gone. You can't even get Joy-Cons. Like... I was lucky that I walked in as they were stocking the purple and orange like Joy-Cons one day. And it was just like, oh yeah, I wanted to get these for the girls. And I just got them. Didn't even think about the fact they've been sold out. Um, like, Nintendo Switch has become a very in-demand and very rare. Alright, yeah, so official Nintendo Joy-Cons uh, are about 110 bucks on eBay right now, Morg. Oh my god. Yep. Oh my god! I think they, they retail well, like mine 50... Out. 60? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I threw and mine I, out. So mine... Switch is going for 600. Especially oh, yeah, the yeah, Crossing yeah. one. Uh, yeah, like... I'm go- yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna wait until the prices drop before I even consider buying new ones. Because, yeah, the ones I had, I they were beyond repair. So I was just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just gonna throw them away. And then I'll just worry about getting them later. But for now, it's just gonna be, you know, sitting on my desk... And I'm going to have it hooked up to the TV, and I'll just play off of that with my controller, the rock candy one that I have, and it'll be great. You Did you finally get a Pro? Did you no, I got a $15 controller, but it works just as well, I suppose. I mean, it's takes some getting used to, but it's all right. I, I'm Picard facebombing. You can't see. I'm cheap, okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, um, so before we like move off of Nintendo, because I, I think we've we've come, there's a lot to talk about. More you talk about a lot of stuff all the time, and it's cool. But like Nintendo is super huge. Yeah. And we still have four other companies to get to. <laughs> but before we before we move on, um, I do want to ask you: Where do you think Nintendo is going to go after the Switch? Oh, dear God. Um, well, it's really hard to say because I don't know if they're if they're going to really focus on graphics. I mean, they never really... they No, you know, they have no reason to, they've, and that's fine. Yeah, they've never been a mainstream company, so it's really mm, a toss-up. To, uh, it's, no, they 90s, were. they were the stream. 
The nine, yeah, in the nineties yeah. they were, but I mean, you know, nowadays they're kind <sighs> of niche with the way that they Not approach since things. The Wii was their first. We don't care what the other ones are doing. Yeah, that was the first time they broke off. So up until then, they were a mainstream gaming company, mm-hmm. even if they weren't doing as well as the others, like with GameCube. But, yeah, but I mean, um, like with the Switch, you basically have a a PlayStation Three. With a screen on it, super compact, that you can take wherever you want to go. You can you can mount it and have it hooked up to the TV. Or if you're on the go, you can just pop it out, put controllers on it, and then out the door you go. And you've got a PlayStation 3 in your hands. Because, I mean, you can play Dark Souls on it. Um, it's actually better than the PS3 by a large margin, but yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Graphic, I mean, like, power-wise? Power-wise, yes. yes. It's it obviously is not powerful, a PS3. Yeah. It's not a PS4 for sure. But yeah. It's like somewhere in between as far as like processing power goes. But I mean, it's an incredible piece yeah. of technology. Um, yep. So what do you think? There's going to be like a Switch 2 and they continue with this idea or they just go off the wall and do something else? Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they got into like a VR system where they put people in like, you know, those motion capture suits That's where, where, they, they, where they put people in those gray suits with like the motion <laughs> balls and everything. <laughs> And then it just put them in a virtual Nintendo world. mocap. I wouldn't be surprised oh, if man. they come up with like the Nintendo Room, where they have like a full like 360 motion um, conveyor belt floor, where it doesn't matter which direction that you go in, y- y- wherever you go, oh, you can gosh. like actually like go full motion walking or running, but still stay in the same spot in the room. The Nintendo and the game holodeck will just. Yes, exactly. A Nintendo holodeck. And it's like full VR and you could like go into like third person view if you wanted to or you can go into first person. I wouldn't be surprised if that was a thing that they came up with. Like something like Blades and Sorcery, but like next level. Like my goodness. I I first of all, I don't agree whatsoever that's way too far that's <laughs> <laughs> way too far for I think, any company i think asking right the question second of all that's where they officially lose i want them to do I it i want them to do that. it i i i can't wait i can't wait for it next year i want it now i think no, i think kidding. asking where nintendo is going to go next is a bit like asking where is willy wonka going to go next like yeah it, like it's, it's really hard to place like what what nintendo's thinking or what they are thinking of because honestly uh, I think they're who could personally. I think they're going to st- stick with their Switch model for a long time. They might. I think they hit. They hit a success, and I think that's what they tried to do with the Wii U. They tried to to stick to the same market. That's why it was still the same Wii yeah. brand. They just added more features. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's going to happen to the Switch. It yeah. That's just my own personal thoughts. Yeah, I mean, like it is kind of hard to follow the train of thought of Nintendo sometimes because of how out of the box that sometimes their ideas are. No, no pun intended for Labo, but I mean, yeah, it's really hard to say sometimes. Um, they come up with some pretty impressive stuff. They come up with some stinkers, but you know they're always thinking. So yeah, I mean, like they're a pretty good company, uh, aside a few things. But as I mean, far yeah. as a, a console uh, console company go, they're my favorite. Period. Yeah, I mean they've had they've had ups and downs. There have been a couple of bumps, but you know what? They've been pretty consistent as far as like entertaining and original ideas go for video games. Yep. Okay. Um, 
Pan, do you want to lead us off sure. now? With uh, sure. the next one? So my uh, game company that I don't like uh, right now is Game Freak. This should be a shock <laughs> to no one. Um, I, I kind of laid it out, uh, you know, in my in last week's episode, all the the stagnation with the Pokemon franchise, um, all of the yes. things they could do to innovate. Like, there is not a single shred of Nintendo's innovation present at Game Freak. And a lot of people will be None. like, but they're, they're a different studio, no. and I know that. But is there a single goddamn game that Game Freak has made that is not wholly owned by Nintendo? Hmm. Well, Game Freak has made Pokemon, and then also that new game about a town. That yeah, I yeah, I, I know the game I you're talking about. It. Let's see. Okay, I'm looking at here. They made this game called Mendel Palace in 1989 for the NES. They made half a dozen. <laughs> uh, they made oh the Yoshi game, uh, that Yoshi Tetris Attack game. Oh, that's cool. Oh. Uh, they made a game called Smart okay. Ball, which was published by Sony on the Super Nintendo because this is before any Playstations. Yeah, that's the weird one where you basically played a marble. I remember that one. They made weird. what looks like a knockoff Mega Man game for the Sega in 1994. And then in 96, they made Pokemon Red and Blue, and... Pokemon it's all since. Pokemon since, except then... a few miscellaneous other games that were also put on Nintendo handheld consoles. Oh, there's a game called Giga Wrecker that yeah. they made. That was published by Rising Star Games for the PC. That's interesting. That was in hmm. 2017. Little yeah. Town Hero is the game you were trying to recall. Uh, and that, yeah. Yes. It was released for the Switch, but it is available on PS4, Windows, and Xbox One, apparently. It got ported. It, uh, yeah. But, so anyways, yeah, Game Freak. They make Pokemon, and mostly only Pokemon. Um, and... Nowadays, yeah, for sure. They yeah. haven't really uh they haven't really innovated anything in years. They they do their little gimmick every generation. Um people really liked the uh God, what's it called? That the gimmick from last generation. The Mega Evolutions. They did basically what Digimon does. Oh yeah. Yeah. They did Mega Evolutions and people love that. And now they have uh Dynamax and Gigantamax and people hate it. Especially cuz Gigantamax is so overpowered. It's the same thing. And well, well, it's the same creature yeah, at the it same is. time. Like it just like gets one and it's extra like a move. it's like a minute long cutscene to Gigantamax it. I'm exa exaggerating. I think it's about thirty five seconds. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm really just I'm not I'm not happy with Game Freak because of uh, their lack of innovation. And the whole bullshit they said about how, well, we just wanted to devote more time to animating the Pokemon better. And then mm -hmm. when the games came out and the data miners, the data miners, like, tore the, the code apart. And then they were the exact same models from uh, X and Y and Sun Moon. Yeah. Well, um. I, I got into this and, and Morg probably remembers when Haru was on the podcast. Haru, Haru was was on your... your uh... Your, your standpoint with this, like, this is bad, they lied, and, and that kind of stuff. And at the time, we didn't really know, aside from data miners said this, they didn't actually have a lot of proof at the time. I think, if I remember correctly, Morg, they were just like, yeah, here it is. Yeah. And, like, um, 
for me, like I, I've kind of find it. Not that I'm going to go to bat for Game Freak here and said, "Hey, they're they're perfect and uh-huh. they're, they're justified and blah blah blah." But like, game development's right. hard, really hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not so I'm not surprised that they took shortcuts. Um, yeah. Now, the fact that they said they wouldn't, nah, yeah, that's bad. But I think they should have been upfront and said, "Hey." Because of, we don't feel like doing all this work, we're going to delay some Pokemon until expansions. <laughs> I feel they should have been a little little more honest than than instead of being like, uh-uh, we're not doing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the whole thing with um, yeah. how they didn't have the budget and all that. So, th- I just posted this Wikipedia yeah. link. List of highest grossing media franchises. Pokemon's total revenue in U.S. dollars every year, or total revenue, not every year, but total revenue is $95 billion. They are by far the most profitable uh, media franchise. The next closest one is Hello Kitty with 86 and Winnie the Pooh with 76 Winnie the Pooh? Holy cow. Yeah, apparently. Good Winnie. Jeez. Um, it's mostly, mostly retail sales because they put Winnie, Winnie the, the Pooh on like every baby product imaginable. You know yeah. what? That makes sense. Um, yeah, you have small children. I used to buy a lot of stuff. Imagine for all the Winnie the Pooh diapers. <laughs> oh, never had any. But okay. Yes. Yeah. Oh. So, for comparison, <clears throat> uh, the total revenue for the Star Wars franchise is about seventy billion. Pokemon is ninety-five billion. Yeah, why? but I mean, like this. Yeah. Why in like, the fuck did under licensed? Why the fuck didn't Game Freak mm-hmm. have the money to hire? The, the, like, literal army of animators whose dream it would be to animate some Pokemon. Well, I mean, well, I'm looking at the home entertainment. Uh, let me see. Now, I don't know. Like, while, while you're looking into that, Borg, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring up another, uh, another point with, like, uh, again, I'm not saying they're justified. I'm just gonna play devil's advocate here, mm-hmm. man. Um, a lot of let times. Let me get my calculator out. Def- development of and this is from my experience as a software developer for the x amount of years i did throwing numbers at a project actually makes it worse a lot of the time um especially if they're inexperienced in what they're what they're doing it's like hey i'm new to this project there's a lot of there's a lot of uptake in training people to get to the point where they can create the same level of content which then also slows down the people who are already working on it because now they have to train yep. those people. I can't say that that is the case that happened. I don't know. They could just be lazy and say, hey, we wanted to budget this much because we don't want to spend. It could literally be the fact that they, they, we are only going to spend this much because we're expecting to get this much. And they're probably safe on a business standpoint saying, we can cut corners and still, the same, uh, still make oh, the same amount of money. That is probably more yeah. realistic to the to because the thing. Uh, it, yeah I know but all, after all the bitching I do about uh, okay. about uh, uh, Pokemon Sword Shield, I did pick up the expansion two days ago. Oh no, I haven't bought it I, yet. <laughs> uh, I have not and will not, and it's not a principal thing. If I was interested, I would have, but I have my fully trained IVEV team and have no intentions of changing anyone in that team. So okay. I have no intentions of getting more. 
So okay, so um, for for the ninety five billion dollars that uh, Pokemon as a whole franchise has been making, um, the video mm-hmm. games have sold for about forty. Per, uh, sorry, for about four percent of the of the total value that it has. Wait, what? So f- uh, only four percent. That? factor. That's weird. Here, wait. I wonder if I did that number right. Where where is Here, this wait. information coming Oh, I'm from? just basing it off of division. Here, wait. So I'm going to go 95. No, what, what's your source, more? Oh, my calculator. Where did you get my this My calculator numbers? divided by 19.533 equals... Yeah, it's 4%. That's so weird. Holy shit. Okay, where... Where did you get the number of the, the sales? So oh, for the, fr- for the franchise of Pokemon, yeah, the total, yeah, yeah. If the total okay. revenue is an estimate of ninety-five billion, okay, and Thank you, in hand yeah. for answering the question that I've been asking Morg <laughs> the whole time. Sorry, okay, I'm just getting to the numbers, okay? Because yeah, under video okay. games, it's only nineteen point five billion. All right, so um, I think you did that backwards, Morg, because it would be not, uh, it would be nineteen point five three three oh, wait, over yeah. ninety-five. <laughs> Which is about twenty percent. God damn it! About twenty point five for twenty point six percent if we're cutting it off at the tens place. Yeah. Oh god damn it! Oh, I'm so tired. Oh, sorry. I had to work today, guys. Oh, I'm I'm burnt out. Well, yeah, you're right. It is twenty percent. Okay. That that is that could be a valid thing. It's like, hey. We don't make as much on the games, so no, no, yeah, no, yeah two thirds of, of two thirds of that ninety five billion comes from licensed merchandise. Yeah, ninety five over nineteen yeah. does not equal four percent. <laughs> 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 it's okay. What is wrong with me? I can't math today. Oh well. Oh, good. But yeah, gravy. about twenty percent of their of the Pokemon company's money comes from uh, the video games. Okay, that's that's a decent yeah. amount. So that's that is about yeah nineteen point yeah. five billion. Woo. Yeah. That's so um yeah, I've I've voiced my my frustrations about Game Freak. There are people who are way more educated on this subject, way more, way 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 more angry about it. That you can probably find out there on the internet. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, I, we we used to have one on the podcast. In Hi Haru. <laughs> He was very, <laughs> he was very, very passionate about that. And I was like, look, dude, they're making games. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we're going to, we're going to move on from that. We're going to talk about, uh, the, the studio that I think is just wonderful. And it is, mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to make sure I get the name correctly. Um, so it's Paradox Development Studio, which is owned by Paradox Interactive. So that's why it gets a little weird. Um, Paradox Development Studio. Uh, they okay. are mostly known for making 4X grand strategy games. Uh, Europa Universalis, Hearts of Iron, yes. Crusader Kings, Victoria, and Stellaris are their big games. Uh, they are... I have recently purchased all, and I mean all, of Stellaris. All Jesus of Christ. All of and everything. I haven't... I haven't got into it yet, but uh, it was like, hey, uh, I'm bored and I want to get into 4X, so let's do this. Actually, no, I didn't it's get the latest expansion. published by them, not developed. Then, We're talking about them as developers. Mm. Yeah. 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 Anyways. Yeah. It was a lot. I think it was seven expansions. I'm not surprised. Oh, my God. Um. Yeah, they... they uh, yeah. Now, they put out a lot of DLC for their games. 
But to be fair, it's good DLC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's it's stuff that like really right. changes like shakes up the game and changes how you play it and uh it's really fun. Really great. Um so anyways, yeah, Crusader Kings 2, I'm the biggest shill for this game uh on the planet. Yes. Uh but Parado- <laughs> yeah, Paradox Studios, uh I'm their games are extremely it. high quality like there is there is a level of detail, care and love in these games that, are, that just blows me away. Like down to also yeah wow also uh they uh the engines that they have made in house uh, for their games the Klauswitz engine and the Europa engine I think they're on Klauswitz too for Crusader Kings two now but um they are the engines are intentionally made uh, to be easily modded and overhauled by fans should the fans decide to mod the games cough EA pay attention here. <laughs> So, like, you can have... Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, there's a pretty uh, infamous overhaul of Crusader Kings 2 that turns it into uh, the Song of Ice and Fire universe. Mm. And, like, the the modding community behind that has put in, like, every person who's ever named in any Song of Ice and Fire book into the Crusader Kings game. And you you can play as, like, Bumblebee Fuck, lord of this one manor out in the middle of nowhere who's mentioned in, like, one line in one book. Yeah, but anyways, yeah, so Paradox, I I have a lot of respect for them as a development studio because they have put just so much care and love uh, into their games, and uh, their parent company, Paradox Interactive, has recently made some pretty interesting acquisitions that I'm excited about. Mm -hmm. Hang on, I'm pulling up the Wikipedia page because I accidentally navigated away from it. My goodness. Well, so... I was going to say, there's a couple games that I like Paradox Interactive for, um, which is Magicka, if you guys ever played that. No, I haven't, but I'm wishing Um, I did now. Magicka is amazing. Now, it's not made by them, but it's published by Paradox. Yeah, Paradox. that'd be Paradox Studios Um, instead of Paradox Interactive. That's why I was being careful with the words. They're they're separate, but separate but same company, kind of. Yeah, Magicka... Is freaking amazing. So Magicka is like you're a, a you're just a wizard, right? And it's and it's weird uh, because they, they don't speak Swedish, but it's like pseudo Swedish. Like if we were just mumble English, oh. um, and it, um, so it's like almost understandable to that. But it's just like that's just like how they talk. But and it's got a light story. But basically, it's a top down shooter, except it's magic. And you press buttons to combine elements to make different spells, oh. or you could just hit the same button to do a bigger spell in that element. So you can do like rock, 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 and make this giant boulder that squishes everything. Also, uh, it's same screen co-op with um, Friendly Fire. Hilarious. My brother and I love these games. Uh, It's so good. Um, Magicka 2, I think, is the one we recently played uh, on PS4 together at some point. But yeah, it's it's good. It is super good. I highly recommend Magicka from these guys, the, the, the publishers at least. I'm not seeing anything else. And yeah, yes, I did. Okay, so uh, acquisitions they recently made. Um, they they bought everything from White Wolf. Mm. Like literally, like okay. White Wolf went under, yeah. and Paradox uh, Interactive bought all their stuff, not just like their games, so like their books. Is- uh, oh, sorry, Wolf. World of Darkness, uh, Vampire the Masquerade, etc., etc. Uh, okay. 
Oh, yeah, okay, I wasn't okay, familiar okay, yeah. with that stuff. Vampire so. the Masquerade, uh, World of Darkness universe stuff. So they bought basically all the assets owned by okay. White Wolf Publishing. Uh, because White Wolf sure. like went under. And so now Paradox Interactive like just bought them out and they're like, hey guys, keep doing what you're doing and make more stuff. Yeah, it's always yeah. awesome when I and uh, yeah, and one of the things awesome. that they are working on, um, they're putting quite a lot of uh, time and effort into, is a Vampire the Masquerade RPG. And they they said mm-hmm. they want to like get in, they want to make this for the fans and get everything in there that they can. So, uh, I have played I have played a Ma- Vampire the Masquerade RPG. Um, one session, I will never play it again because I didn't like it. I'm, I'm not into the RPG, or I'm right. not into like the 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 tabletop RPG one thing. But I do want like a decent mm-hmm. vampire role playing game on video games. So I'm excited for this. Um, okay. Let's see. Oh, awesome! They've also done yeah. Pillars of Eternity as a publisher. Uh, oh, they also good. bought out Triumph Studios, which made Age of Wonders and Overlord. Um, okay. Do, do, do. What else did they buy? Uh, they bought um, Hairbrain Schemed, Hairbrain Schemes, which made Shadowrun Returns, which you wouldn't like because it's it's a fantasy okay. punk cyberpunk game. It's it's I like wonder. cyberpunk if you added Matt, if you I added D and D stuff. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. But I, I I bought some of the some of the games we talked about in that episode because they were on sale, and I was still curious. Uh, I might actually have Shadow. It's it's a it's a good game. Um, and then they also bought uh, they bought Prison Architect out from under Introversion Software. Um, which I, I really like Prison Architect. Uh, I played quite a lot of it uh, right when it came out. Um, then I kind of did everything I could in it, and I got bored with it. But um, Introversion Software, they're like, yep, we're done with it. We have no more good ideas. We And then Paradox approached us with ideas, and we felt it was a, it would be in good hands if we sold it to them, so we decided to sell it. They haven't put anything out for it, because that that's a very recent acquisition. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, I do have Shadowrun Returns, Hong Kong, and Dragon. Oh yeah, and the other thing they 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 published was City Skylines. Yes, I saw that. Also, I love City Skylines. That's yeah, good. I actually played that not too long ago again on my Switch. Um, they also did. Uh, they, I think they also. I saw they also did Mars. Yeah, and Tyranny. Mars. And Tyranny through which uh, was developed by Obsidian. Yes. So yeah, um, their cur- uh, their future plans um, are basically they're wor- they are reaching out to board game developers to make some board game versions of some of their 4X games. So they're working on like a Crusader Kings board game oh. and a City Skyline board game. Oh, there you go. And I know which one you're excited. Well, I'm for. curious. <laughs> see, see, here's the thing. Um, I don't. I don't like playing board games yeah. with like a jillion billion pieces, and I don't understand how to do a Crusader Kings game unless it's like five hundred million pieces. I I can relate. I I'm so a lot of my uh, brother's friends and my brother, and including some of my friends in Columbus that I talk about from time to time. The the guys I do the uh, Bickering Bucks episodes with, they are super into board games. I've never been big into board games. I I like Munchkin. And I like 
Cards Against Humanity. So those are simple stuff. And then um, I like uh, the Doom, like the Doom board game uh, from like the Doom 3 version. And that's amazing. But like, yeah, anything super complicated? Nah, I'm good. Uh. <laughs> So, oh, yeah, another another thing that uh, the paradox, like, like I kind of said this before, how they they really really support like the modding communities with their games. One of the things they did is they worked with yeah. Microsoft to make a a modding platform that is cross compatible between the PC and the Xbox One. Oh, Meaning, wow. yeah, if you make oh. a mod for the PC okay. version, it can work on the Xbox One version. That's yeah. So yeah, they are. They sure. basically release that for Surviving Mars, so that way people can mod Surviving Mars to their heart's content on whatever platform they want. Oh, cool! I like Surviving Mars. I wish I finished a playthrough. So yeah, like. and they're currently working on Crusader Kings three, which has a late two twenty twenty release date, and no delays. I I've been following it pretty Ooh. closely. There are no delays mentioned. I probably won't actually play it for a while because uh. I'm gonna need a new computer before I can. I'm probably gonna need a new computer before I can play it. So it'll it'll probably be s- right. Well, col- yeah, color me it'll probably be about maybe several months to a year before I can actually play Crusader Kings three. But oh boy, am I looking forward to that! Uh, I am looking forward to exactly two games this year, outside of possibly that, and one of them I'm gonna be talking cool. about today. But uh, the other one is going to be here in a week, uh, or, or not a week. The next time that we record, I will have it, and that is Mineral Town. Friends yeah, Mineral Town yeah, it's uh, yeah, Friends of Mineral Town. I Amazon says my copy should arrive. My copy is probably arriving a little later. Uh, it's on my husband's actually Amazon account actually because he's mm-hmm. the one with the Prime subscription, so I can't look up when it's arriving. But it's I think it said mm-hmm. it's arriving on like the sixteenth or so. But I've got I've got Pokemon to keep me busy till then. I I pre-ordered through the local game yeah. store that I like to support, and uh, I've talked about him a couple times. The manager there who gave me the Monster Hunter stuff for free. Um, uh, so I pre-ordered through them, and he's going to have it on day, day, nice. day Tuesday, and I'm going to nice. be in there Wednesday. Um, so. Oh, yeah. Did, did the listeners get to hear about my, my failed attempt at pre-ordering that? That was so stupid. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Not yet. no, okay. I don't think so. That was I yeah, that was that the stupidest thing. Okay, so uh, the mall, the mall here in my town, fi- opened back up a few weeks ago, and I had uh, some clothing that I needed to return because I bought it like right before lockdown started. Didn't like it, but then lockdown happened and the mall was closed. So the that the return went went perfectly smoothly. Yeah. The company, the store was like, oh yeah, yeah, you haven't been able to return this stuff. No problem. You got your receipt. Great. So they gave me they gave me my money back and then suddenly I had this like this like sixty bucks burning a hole in my pocket and it's like right next door to the GameStop. So I go to the GameStop and I uh, I'm like, hey, I wanna I wanna pre order uh I think it's called like Story of Seasons Friends of Mineral Town or something. I actually forget what it's called. Because I, I just call it the Friends of Mineral Town remake. And she takes a minute to look it up and she, while she's looking it up, I'm like, hey, what am I gonna like, am I too late to pre-order it and get the little pink cow that comes with it if you pre-order? And she's like, um, uh, it looks like you're too late to pre-order it. And this was about th- three weeks ago, by the way. Game comes out this Tuesday. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, uh, the system won't let me, let, 
the system won't let me uh, put in a pre-order for you. So you'll just have to, like, come in and see if we've got it on release day or something. And I'm like, um, okay. Yeah, I know. So then I, I went home and pre-ordered, and pre-ordered it on Amazon. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, like, yeah, GameStop literally just... would not take my money. <laughs> they're terrible. They've always been terrible. I don't want to see them go away, but they're terrible. Because they're they serve a good they serve a big purpose in a lot of small towns for ability to games yeah. not at Walmart, but yeah, they're still <laughs> there is a mom and pop used video game store here in my town, and they've they've been there since like mm-hmm. I want to say two thousand six. They're like right on the main downtown strip, like right on like the bar strip, which is so it's so weird. So their rent has got to be like insane, but they're doing well apparently. Yeah, well, yeah, most of those stores end up doing pretty well because a lot of a lot of times people go in and buy. Yeah, or they they also hit have the corner on the retro market. So yeah, well, it's true. I'm not gonna lie; I have got many cop double copies of Monster Hunter from my local game store. That's why I'm achieving my goal of four copies of every game, so that if anyone ever wants to do a full party. I got it. <laughs> nice. Um, anyways, yeah. Um, so is that all you have? Yep, for, that's what I got uh, from Paradox. Paradox. They make wonderful games that they care a lot about. Their games are extremely moddable. Um, they're very responsive to uh, they're very responsive to the communities and community feedback on their games. Um, like there's a, there's a meme mm-hmm. in Crusader Kings two about Glitterhoof the horse. Yes. Yeah, yes. So if you are an insane this. king, you can you can get this like event chain where you end up firing like your council, your your like yeah your main councilman, and appointing a horse named Glitterhoof to be your main council. And this is that's a reference to like an event that uh, Emperor Caligula uh, did because he was like crazy from fever. Yeah. So anyway, mm-hmm. figured out they also reference yeah. this in Game of Thrones. So, yeah, uh, so the the horse, so it spawns this NPC, uh, Glitterhoof the horse, and then through, uh, through exploiting a, lo- a loophole in, uh, in some events, you can basically seduce Glitterhoof the horse and, uh, get children by him. And then the game will pull mm. ethnicity for the child based on one of the parents' ethnicities. So if you're lucky, it will pull the ethnicity from Glitterhoof, which is horse. So then your child is a horse. And then that's yep. your heir and your next character when you die. Now you are a horse. And uh, your children are have like a solid chance of being horses. So it became a meme where people would try to like uh, basically replace every person with a horse by uh, through like marriages and stuff. So like literally hundreds of it, hundreds or thousands of NPCs replace all of them with the horse people, the horse ethnicity and take over the world as horses. So that was a meme for a long time. And in the very last DLC, they, yeah, yeah. And people would just post their, like, this, like, screenshots of their playthrough where they replaced the population or as horses. I remember this. Yeah. This is so and funny. And so in the very last DLC they put out for Crusader Kings 2, uh, it's called Holy Fury, and it expanded a whole bunch of stuff for pagans. 
But it also had this, like, alt mode where you could select mm. different animal ethnicities to play as. And they have, like, hedgehogs. They have hedgehogs. Oh, they have boy. dragons. They have dogs. They have cats. I think they put out a red panda one eventually because they also had some, some DLC that involved uh, China, the Chinese uh, uh, kingdoms. Um, okay. So you can be red pandas. There's, there's a dozen or so animals you can play as. And it kind of sucked the fun out of the horse playthroughs, but you could make like a you could make you could like generate a map that was all animal kingdoms. But hey, the 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 king oh, yeah. community oh, yeah. is happy. But yeah, right? it, it it was just it was so funny um, that they're like, okay, we see that the community likes taking over the world as horses. Let's give them all kinds of animals. Oh yeah. Yeah, and like, oh, that's, that's fun. yeah, the traditional that's names for, for some of the animals are like, like the horses are like famous race horses because it'll prompt you for a name. You can either type in one or, yeah, Secretariat. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like the dragons are various dragons oh, from literature nice. and myth. Like there's, like Smaug is a, is a traditional dragon name. There's a, there's like Sephira. Yeah. There's various dragons from Game of Thrones. There's Spyro. <laughs> Yeah. Spyro. Yeah, Spyro is one of the like <laughs> names you can get prompted to give like the one of the baby dragons. Here I was thinking like famous Faroon dragons like Hephaestus and um oh man, I can't even remember the black dragons name. Yeah. But yeah, there's some Faroon. I dragons know Bahamut there. and Tiamat are both options, although Tiamat was a dragon before D D, so it's both. This is true. Oh, well, I forgot so about Bahamut. that. Yeah, both were. I, I think Eo, their their parent. Was yeah, made Eo up is a uh, Eo was a monster that Hera created uh, to keep an eye on this girlfriend of Zeus's to make sure that Zeus wasn't cheating on her with that girlfriend. And oh. then Zeus, and then okay. Zeus talked. Well, uh, I want to say Hermes into into uh, helping him trick Eo and getting past Eo so he could go screw his girlfriend. Because that's what Zeus do. Mm. Zeus. Yep. Model husband a bit. So yeah, now I'm done. Now I am done. <sighs> Alright. Um, so I'm going to start with the, the down one. And I won't say down as in I still have a lot of hope for this company. Um, but um, they're on a downward trend for sure. Uh, and then end on a high note so the first one it's it's pretty obvious that we've talked about a lot they're famous all over blizzard right blizzard entertainment now paired with activision so blizzard activision Mm -hmm. um they started in 1991 not as blizzard but as a, a company called silicon and synapsis um one of the so i never played well i think it's rock and roll racing which is their very first game but i did play their second game and still love it called lost vikings um there's a lot of Lost Viking references, and I mean it's a straight up character in, in Heroes of the Storm. Um, uh, but also, there is a Uldamine in World of Warcraft has a Lost Viking mob that is Olaf, um, Eric the Swift, Olaf the Stout, and Berthgor the Bold. Berthgor? But, anyways, Lost Vikings are just three Vikings that get lost and have to get the way home. It's a really cool game I loved on PC. Uh, it's also on Super Nintendo back in the day. Um, obviously known for Warcraft, Starcraft, Diablo, Overwatch, all those games that they do. Um, 
Blizzard started as, um, and actually this company is, is a big reason why I had an idea to do this because I've recently watched, um, YouTuber G man talk about the decline of Blizzard. And I was like, I think it's interesting to talk about a company as a whole where they were pretty much infallible for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then there, be- there became a turning point in which they are not infallible. And it is extremely clear. Um, the first thing that they tried to do was, uh, I don't know if you guys remember this or even were involved, but the Blizzard forums tried to do this real ID thing back in 2010. Oh, um, basically the Blizzard forums, instead of having a screen name, they wanted you to enter your real life information to be able to comment. Oh, good gravy. And it was so that you could take away the anonymity and have less trolling on their forums. Um, but that backfired pretty harshly because people were like, hey, you know, I'm just here to play games and maybe report on some issues. I don't want to give you my personal information. Um, which, I mean, because of Facebook and what we know now, it kind of feels irrelevant at this point. But back then, it wasn't that irrelevant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so stuff like that. I mean, there's been a lot of controversies with games. Uh, Diablo had its own controversy, not only with the art style of Diablo 3, but also the always online, that kind of stuff. And, you know, like, that's just a downward slide. There's been some good things. Like, I think Overwatch, for the most part, has had a positive interaction. It's also been a uh, one of the few very social-forward games. You know, they have openly... LGBTQ friendly friendly stuff in Overwatch, all that kind of thing. Not sure. Some people don't like how they handled certain situations with Tracer, but whatever. <laughs> you know, like the, there's been some good coming out of Blizzard, but for the most part, it's been this steady decline, especially since their merger with Activision. Um, most people don't know, and I guess it doesn't, or they don't remember, is that Blizzard has always been sort of like we were thinking of them as an insular company. It was like, hey, Blizzard does this. And then Activision came along. Oh, they're messing us up. They're actually owned by Vivendi um, for the longest time. That happened in nineteen like 95. They were only a company for four years before they merged with Vivendi. And Vivendi is actually who got bought by Activision, not Blizzard. So their parent company was the one that was bought. And then there you go. So... Um, Obviously, I'm a huge Diablo fan. I have a lot of hope for Diablo 4. Um, but I have recently, and I mean recently, uh, as in the past couple of weeks, got into Path of Exile, which is uh, arguably Diablo's biggest competitor on the ARPG. And Path of Exile is like, hey, inspired by Diablo 2 and all the other bullshit that they say, because everyone thinks Diablo 2 is the greatest game ever for some reason. I mean, I liked it, but come on. <laughs> oh, don't hate um, on it too hard. I'm not hating on it too hard. <laughs> it's just... It's old, right? I mean, it had its 20-year anniversary last Friday. 20 years. like, <laughs> And people are still holding it up as the best in the series. And I'm like, ah, you know, I'm not sure. But, um... So, Blizzard... I don't... It's the problem is like they feel like they've lost touch with their fans in a lot of ways. And in some ways they haven't. Like, I think the Overwatch community has been doing fine, but that is a newer community, right? They haven't lived long enough to be disappointed 
per se. Um, the Warcraft 3 debacle recently. Stuff like that, where it's like, what the hell are you thinking? Diablo Immortal. I mean, I don't think I have ever... I always look forward to the BlizzCon. Always have, because I'm a huge Diablo fan. I want to know everything that comes out. I remember... You know, even though I've never been to a BlizzCon, I remember 2008, which when Diablo 3 was revealed, I remember that BlizzCon very well. I remember you know, where I was when I first saw the video of Diablo 3 reveal, like that kind of stuff. Like, it was very, very awe-inspiring to me. And then I will also all remember 2018 with Diablo Immortals reveal. That was a clusterfuck. Oh my god. Did you guys ever see... Did you guys ever the, see the, the, the panel, Don't you guys have cell phones the, the, thing? The, the, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, did you see some no. of the other stuff that was said too? No, I, that I, wasn't I, the only or one. Maybe I did see it, um, but I don't remember it. I just remember the don't you have cell phones. Yeah, the don't you have cell phones is a response that the developers yeah, I remember that. Yeah, crowd. And I, you guys know that. Um, but one of the questions was like, is this an April Fool's joke? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, like is this an out-of-season April Fool's joke? Question. Yeah. No, it's not. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> it's so funny. Are we going to get this on, like, like, PC? No, we're not. We don't have any plans on making this for PC. And everybody's like, boom. Right. And, and the rumors were really, really, really building to Diablo 4, right? And the fact that they were like, hey, you know, Diablo 4 is super early in development last year. Uh, so 2019 BlizzCon was like, hey, it's obviously a reaction to 2018's BlizzCon. I think they may may have wanted to wait at least a year to talk about Diablo 4 because it ain't coming out this year. There's no way. Um, and they've said, like, their thing when they said it, Diablo 4 was like, it's not even Blizzard soon, which is a thing on their own joke about uh, Diablo 3 taking so long because they kept saying soon. And it never came out. Uh, from announcement to... It was four years from announcement to it released. And they said it would be within a year. So it was... Uh, Every year was like next year, next year, next year. You know, went on for four years. I bought a brand new PC in 2008. It was too outdated by the time the game came out. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I have been largely a Blizzard fan because of one series. I do enjoy StarCraft and WarCraft to a degree. I got big into WoW for a little while. Uh, never as big as most other people who got into it. I only played for one expansion and only ever got to max level in that expansion. Never in any other time. Uh, and even then, I only went on two raids ever. And that's because I was like, hey, we need an open spot in my brother's guild. I wasn't even part of the guild. Like, I just never got into MMOs uh, in, in that way. So, I, I guess, like... I want to see them do better, and I have hope for Diablo 4, and I hope they learn from not just their own mistakes, but what things like Path of Exile and other games are doing to sort of, like, increase on that. I think Overwatch is really fun. I prefer Paladins, uh, which is an Overwatch-ish game on the Switch for free. <laughs> um, you know, it's just the microtransaction stuff for skins, which I mean, Overwatch has too. So whatever. Um, uh, it's, I don't know. Like, it, it, it's a mixed feeling at this point because Blizzard is definitely not who they used to be. And they're definitely 
it used to be like, hey, we feel like they're for the fans, and it's now very clear to see that it is for profit mm-hmm. entirely. Yeah. Um, and that's unmistakable. And then they're just ex- they're just expecting us to be excited at everything. And I think that Diablo Immortal was a big indicator of that. Um, Pam, oh, yeah. do you have any thoughts on Blizzard? I was just waiting for a um, break. Uh, so okay. my husband is like one of the sure. is like a huge uh, fan of Hearthstone, or rather was. Um, he, uh, yeah, he got into yeah. the the beta, yeah, the beta of Hearthstone, and he played it pretty constantly for like four or five years. Um, and the big the big sort of creative voice behind Ooh. Hearthstone was Ben Brode. Um, and he left. What was it? Two mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah, he left a few years ago, and the way Hearthstone yeah. uh, publishes their cards, it's very, very similar to Magic's format, where every several months they'll have a new set, and uh, all of the sets within a block are legal, yeah. are like competition legal for X amount of time. So, uh, and he pre-ordered yep. every he pre-ordered every set as soon as he, like every time uh, up until the first set that came out after Ben Brode was gone, and he just like the. Yeah. He said that the the cards uh, just sucked the fun out of the game for him. And Ben Brode he Ben Brode left not long after Chris Metzen left. Wow, like there was this big turnover of like the old the old yeah. guard at Blizzard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean we had uh, Bobby Kotek leave. We had uh, recently I closed the page. I can't remember his name. One of the original co like the guy who was the president of the company, and then he left uh, two years ago. Like so many people leaving, and I think a large part of it is the Activision influence that that you know they're yeah. just tired of it. Uh, and a uh, fun fact about Chris Metzen, um, he's known for WoW for sure, but he's also the guy who wrote yeah all yeah. of Diablo he wrote, story. Yeah, Diablo and all WoW. Of it. Yeah. Um, so my husband, yeah. I, you prob- you'll probably hear all the clacking when you go to edit the audio, but my husband just sent me this message. Uh, it wasn't like immediately after Ben Brode left that he sort of got out of Hearthstone, but it was like, so Ben Brode left and they had all his notes, they still had all his notes and all the stuff he had worked on. And then the next set came out and it still had Ben Brode's like influence on it. And then the next set came out and they still had some of his ideas around. And eventually it was like the first set after they had run out of Ben Brode's ideas that they all just kind of sucked and Hearthstone just was not as fun. Yeah, and that's yeah. That's a testament to Ben Brode because it's obvious that his yeah. stamp was what made that game yeah. fun and unique for a lot of people. Um, I got out of that game. I got into the alpha, I believe, uh-huh. and I'm not trying to one-up your husband because I quit and I quit yeah. in the alpha. Like, I, I was done. I, I loved it because um, there was a build, uh, and I don't know if this was in the beta, but yep. it's called the yep. OTK yep. Hunter, yep. the one-turn-kill hunter. That's what I played. I loved it, and then they nerfed the shit out well, of it, and I don't play. It. And I have so he played stuck since. through like all the nerfs and all the changes and everything. It was up until like this new set came out, and he was just like, "Man, yeah. none." And he pre-ordered that set too. And when it finally came out, and he got to see all the cards, he was just like, "Man, none of these cards are." There's like three cards here that I think are fun, and he's like, "Well, hopefully the next set will be better." And then the, like none of the teasers for that set interested him, so he never pre-ordered it. And he's he's given up on Hearthstone, except for we play yeah. Battlegrounds together, which is like a Hearthstone auto chess thing, and that's really fun. I like that a lot. But 
honestly, yeah. like the cards for the Hearthstone auto chess are specifically mm-hmm. ma- a lot of them are specific to that mode, and they have nothing to do with the the cards that they pump out. Yes. No, and I I think that auto chess is a fun genre for a game, so I might try that out because I played Dota Underlords for a little while, um, and I got really into it actually for about a month. But um, so yeah, I'm, it's I'm fun. Try the Hearthstone. It's I like it a lot. Whenever you like, I'm sure you see me playing Hearthstone on Discord, where you know playing Hearthstone status. Like it's I'm playing Battlegrounds. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I just know from, from um, the perspective of my husband was a huge Hearthstone fan. Yeah, Blizzard's going downhill. Yeah, they are, and it's it's really sad. And I I, I don't think they're down no. and out yet. Um, and I think a big big indicator of that is the fact yeah. that Overwatch is, for the most part, really good and doing okay. I got out of Overwatch in Season 2, and I actually played Rank. I actually had a Rank team that I played with, and I think I've talked about them a couple times. They were the group of kids who were much younger than me that I still talk to occasionally mm-hmm. um, that that called me Daddy Fortwan. <laughs> but, I mean, I was, I was a dad, and that's about what they knew about me. So, um, but, but, like, I really like overwatch um but i'm not super into i don't know it's not as near as fantasy as i like like something like diablo um and you know i am currently playing diablo 3 season 21 like i am currently you know and i hadn't played i played a little bit in season 20 but i hadn't played regularly since season 12 and like there's a lot of and a season is like not every year but there's like about four a year so it's been a couple years since i played regularly um but uh and you know everyone seems to know and i say this quite often i have bought diablo 3 eight times it is the eighth time that i got it uh just because i love the series so much so obviously i have a lot of hope and you know like financial (laughs) investment in in the diablo series specifically but also blizzard um you know 2016 was was a, a big year for me as far as like getting uh, like Overwatch, uh, I loved Overwatch for the time that I played it, and that was nearly a year that I played. Um, but yeah, it's just I I just don't I'm worried, and I think a lot of people are still worried. Now most people have bailed out already, honestly. I mean, WoW's numbers were declining severely uh, until WoW Classic, and I think WoW Classic has actually made some good steps in the right direction because uh, there was a bit of a controversy when they shut down the private servers, Um, you know, and stuff like that, which I mean, I get where they're coming from as a business. They need to protect their IP, yeah, but it still felt bad. It still felt really bad. Um, So, and again, I'm not invested in WoW, so it didn't affect me a lot, which is kind of crappy, you know, (laughs) to say. I'm like, like, oh, I I don't care, so that's whatever. But, like, it's not really how I feel about it. It's just, like, it it didn't come to the forefront. Because, like, again, my investment is in in Diablo. Mm -hmm. So, we'll see. And we won't, but we won't see till next year at the earliest. But mind you, that's going to be my, my gaming life <laughs> when Diablo Four comes out. Let's we'll see. Unless it's got another what was it, error thirty three. Morg, did you play a lot of Diablo Three? Um, I played a little bit, but 
My brother played way more than I did, and he loved playing as the monk, especially considering, like, he he modeled his after Vladimir Putin. He <laughs> <laughs> just went it's all, like, you know, bare easy. chest and everything, just beat the crap out of everything. It was it was the funniest thing ever. It's very easy to do with the monk. Very easy. He already fits that aesthetic already. Like, oh, I will say, I am in love with the new... They, they've recently started putting out v- brand new sets for classes and i am in love with the typhon set for the wizard that i've been playing in this season uh which isn't the se- the set they give you they give you firebirds but i specifically farmed for typhons uh morg do you have a guess as to why that would be my favorite set oh, oh do do tell me you know what yeah i i don't know if i should be guessing but please do tell me it's a hydra build it focuses on the spell Hydra. Of course. Of course. <laughs> uh. For every Hydra head that is cast, and if you remember from the old, I mean, Hydra is a spell that's been in since Diablo 1. I've never cared for it because I'm not a not normally a caster class, but it basically has three heads that pop out of the crown that shoot fireballs. Oh my. That's always what it's been. <laughs> and um, now they've got different elements and that kind of stuff. But the Typhon build is it gives it, it gives every instance of, of Hydra's extra heads. And you do, you take, what is it? You take like 60% less damage per head. Now, granted, you know, that's a scaling thing. It will never be like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm t- not taking 320 less. I'm taking, you know, diminishing returns less, but for each Hydra head active up to a max of 10, um, you get a you get a super defense boost, but also they do twelve thousand percent extra damage per head. Oh my god, <laughs> twelve thousand! So yeah, so you just I cast Hydra twice, which is the amount of times you're allowed to do it because I have a special item property that does, and I just watch the Hydras kill things, and it's 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 one of the easiest builds I've ever played on a wizard, and also one of my favorite. Just like, yeah, hide your head, hide your head, and I'll sit here and channel a spell and just to help kill. It doesn't do anything because I do so much less damage than the Hydra heads, but I love it. Oh uh, my god, so it, they do 120 times more damage per head. What the f- what? That is re- no, 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 12, yeah, 12,000%. Yeah, yeah 12,000 yeah. divided by 100, that's 120. Yeah, okay. That's ridiculous. Yeah, but then... And then times it by 10, so it's 1,200 times, because 10, 10 heads is the max. Oh my god, times 10. Oh my god, that's just <laughs> stupid! It. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it's also not the best set. It's actually not even considered in the tier list. Oh my god, how could it get Which, better from there? Oh my god! Well, it has it has defense problems, right? So if you get hit, I, I, I die pretty often. Okay, so. that makes sense. Um, it's not bad for a glass cannon. Anyways, though. yeah, no, no, it's not. It, 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 I love it. Um, but yeah, so like, Blizzard is like a big question mark for a lot of people. I think a lot of people have bailed out on Blizzard already. Um, sounds like Pan's hubbo has to some degree. Uh, is there any other games that you guys play? Um, in, in well, okay, so we were big into WoW in college. Um, but mm-hmm. and. We tried to go back a couple times, uh, but it just, like, every time it just, like, 
I think it, that was not... Well, no, it wasn't it really WoW's fault. Although, like, Warlords of Draenor sucked. But um, it, it wasn't really yeah. WoW's fault. It was more that, like, we weren't living with, like, our best friend. We weren't literally living with our best friends and just be like, all right, fr- all right, it's uh, Saturday night, guys. Everybody's got their homework done. Let's uh, let's do some let's do some raids. Let's go kill the Lich King. Let's you know stuff like that. Um, so I think yeah. that was that was more the problem I than anything on WoW's end. Um, we just weren't in college anymore. Uh, yeah. So that's Makes sense. so we haven't really gone back to WoW. Uh, we probably never really will if like if the quarantine times. Uh, didn't drive us back into WoW's arms. Like, I don't think anything really will. Um, yeah, and yeah, I, I was really fair. big into Heroes of the Storm when it first came out, but then when they changed to the entirely loot box uh, system, because, like, yeah, it used to not be, like, loot oh, boxy. Yeah. It used to be, like, you, you, you did your you did your quest, you did your, you want a match, you got X amount of gold, save up your gold, you buy whatever you mm-hmm. want. Now you got loot boxes that drop like nine different yep. kinds of currency and different currencies can buy different things and it's kind of bullshit. Yeah, that was... Um, Blizzard has always had this opt-in for betas. Yeah. Uh, like on your Blizzard account. And I actually I actually got into the Heroes of the Storm beta. I also quit it in the beta. Because, A, I, I, honestly, oh. I just couldn't get enough people to play. And I, I had played League of Legends off and on you know, for years. My brother was much more into it than I was. Um, but I liked the ideas of the, the varied gameplay, and of course, yeah. playing as Diablo, come on. No, um, just... yeah, I was I was really into <laughs> Heroes of the Storm for about a year or so, uh, and then, like, they just changed to the loot box thing, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, alright, I'm out. Um. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, and that's what yeah it was, uh, honestly, it was a few months after Overwatch came out, and they started being able to print money again, and that's when they're like, hey, let's make, let's take loot boxes over to Heroes of the Storm now. Um, yeah. Yep. And loot boxes has never well, been like, Overwatch is, right? Overwatch yeah. is the ones who, like, brought that plague upon us, aren't they? I don't remember games with loot boxes before uh, Overwatch, but I also wasn't really big into the type of games that have loot boxes. Because it's mostly shooters and stuff. I don't... Um, it wasn't... I, I, I want to say it's things like... I don't know how long... How old Fortnite is. But it's not that old. I don't think it's as old as ever. Hang on, I'm else. looking at the history of loot boxes. Um, they're early. They're yeah. early in it. I know that. They're not... I, but I don't think they're first... What what I what I know is that the they may have like started some issues with mm-hmm. it, but the one that really 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 got in trouble was the Battlefront Two stuff. The Battlefront Two shenanigans is what really, you know, when you get the head of Disney coming down to you to say, "Hey, yeah, quit this shit." Um, <laughs> like, so I yeah, yeah, I am looking at the history of loot boxes on Wikipedia, and TF Two was the first big one with crates uh and then there were a few different there were a bunch of mobile games and mobas and mmos that really didn't pick up on it um star trek online and lord of the rings online had loot boxes apparently oh okay i 
think I played Lord yeah, of the Rings. Yeah, uh, Mass Effect 3 that. had loot boxes that you could grind for the online gameplay. I don't know what the hell you'd be playing Mass Effect 3 online. Uh, I don't know. Some yeah, I, I didn't know that there was on one. Uh, but Overwatch, when Overwatch came out, yeah. it exploded. Yeah. Yeah, with the financial yep. success of Overwatch and its loot box system, several games in 2016 and 17 included the mechanic as a core part of its metagame. So there you go. So yeah, Overwatch yep. is not to blame, but they did Which sort includes... of popularize it. Yep. yep. I believe it's a blizzard. <laughs> Thanks, blizzard. I mean, they always do everything better. They don't, mm-hmm. They're not original, but they do it better. <laughs> Um, unfortunately, the bad stuff too. Um, so yeah, so that's that's Blizzard. And my last one, a little bit more of a high note, and I don't think I'm going to go as in depth with this one as with Blizzard is THQ. Now THQ is not around anymore, technically. Now we have THQ Nordic, which is a different company that adopted the THQ name when they bought nearly, literally every single IP. The THQ had. <laughs> um, but THQ was founded in 1990, so actually before Blizzard. Um, and they did a lot of uh, Super Nintendo. They did a lot of like um, like sports and um, licensed games for a long time. They didn't have a lot of uh, original games for, for a, a while. So here's some notable... I'm just going to go down a list of notable games. Some of these are... Most of these are going to be published, but some of them are developed in-house that are their own games. So Home Alone, I know this is significant because on the Super Nintendo, this is their first game, essentially. Uh, This and another game were the first. Home Alone, Croc for the Game Boy, the Croc port. So you, Morg, I think you were the one that liked Croc. Is, am I? No, I heard you just fine. Oh, no, no, no. No, I heard you. Um, Morg, do you like Croc? I I one? really enjoy Croc, and I actually I think Croc Two is probably my favorite of them all. Easily. Okay, yeah. so Croc, they did the Croc ports. Oh my god! That's so they did the ports to the Game Boys, the Game Boy Colors. Oh, Croc and Croc Two. Oh, I would never, I would never um, play them on Game Boy. <laughs> I'm just saying it's. To me, it's notable. Yeah. Right? They had the connections to do those kind of ports. Um, basically, any SpongeBob or any Nickelodeon game ever was THQ. Mm-hmm. They had the publishing rights of Nickelodeon games for a long time. Uh, and it was actually exclusively with THQ, uh, from what I've seen. I'm not entirely sure, but if it was a Nickelodeon game and you played it, then it was THQ, at least in that era. And I think it was up until they, they died in 2012. Wow. Um, then the license lapsed. Uh, uh, Oddworld Munch's Odyssey was uh, published by THQ, which I didn't know that Oddworld was published by THQ at that point. Uh, the first two were not. Uh, I knew that. Um, Destroy All Humans, if people are a fan of that game mm-hmm. series. I think Pan you mentioned. Um, like that I before. that was a f- fun looking game that I never got to play. Um, I don't think I've ever played. Yeah, I don't think I've ever played okay. it, but it does intrigue me and it looks fun. 
yeah, so destroy all humans. That's their first one on the list that is theirs and theirs alone. Uh, next is followed by also theirs, Saints Row. They started Saints Row. Um, I don't know how far down the road. I think it's four when it really got bonkers. Yes, four is the bonkers uh, one. Uh, that's yeah, uh, two- where they are. Uh, the Saints, the head of the Saints becomes president. And uh, then aliens invade and mm. put all the humans into the Matrix. And you got to break out of the Matrix and kick alien ass. I know this because I played it over the weekend for my husband's birthday. <laughs> yeah, and that's, what, that's why I put it on here. I know you guys were planning on playing it. I didn't get to see during that part. I mostly saw y- Yakuza. Mm-hmm. Um, a game series that I love, Titan Quest, which is a Diablo-esque game. Uh, Titan Quest is set in ancient Greece slash Rome. On other mythologies, you end up going to Egypt and other things. Um, but it is the first and... Uh, in the type of ARPG where your class is not set. You don't pick your class. You pick a mastery on level two. And then you mix another mastery and that becomes your class. So you get to mix and mash and smash abilities together and that makes your class. I love it. Uh, I love the idea. I don't like Grim Dawn setting as much, so I like Titan Quest a bit more. And it was insane because Titan Quest got an expansion last year. Which what? Because this was released in 2006. (laughs) So, the fact that um, THQ Nordic not only bought the Titan Quest um, IP, then made ports for it, which, I mean, honestly, the Switch port is god-awful and crashes all the time. But, I will say, it had some uh, quality-of-life stuff that the Switch desperately needed that the Diablo 3 could use mm-hmm. so if, uh, if you ever play Diablo 3 on the Switch or any other ARPG oh there's an item laying on the ground I gotta press A to pick it up no that's not the one I wanted I gotta pick it up so you end up picking up a lot of things you don't want in Titan Quest you can just press and hold A and it comes up with a list and you just use your pointer to click on the list which one you wanted to pick up oh that's so convenient it's it's so simple and I was just like that's amazing but yeah I mean it's, it's a port that crashes all the time so we stopped playing it um also, I, I noted on this, Titan Quest is the first time I recognized THQ and became a fan because, well, you know, I like this thing. They published Deadly Creatures. I know that game. Uh, Deadly Creatures is something I should have Yeah. Played. I, I, I was thinking, like, I should have mentioned it on the Wii U, but it actually was a Wii game. Um, for the audience, Deadly Creatures, you get to play as this crazy story um, that involves a gas station blowing up where you're in Nevada or Arizona. I can't remember. One of the two. Desert, Southwest Desert, United States. Um, you're playing as a tarantula and a scorpion. And you actually, uh, it's like a, like, kind of like Resident Evil 2. Not that you're working together like uh, Leon and Claire, but like you get to play the different sides. I guess that's true for all Resident Evils. I'm just not experiencing the first one. That game was but, not as cool as it looked, though. Uh, you. I don't know. I it was so. It. <laughs> it was a series Personally, of quick time events. It. I mean, yeah, it was it was par for the course of the time, honestly. I don't like quick time if events it, that much as well, but eh, I, if I thought, that game I had been like a legit game where you play as a tarantula running around biting things and trying to kill this this motherfucking <laughs> scorpion who like messed up your day once, that would have been a legendary game. Yeah, it was close though. It was close to a legendary game. <laughs> I still liked it a lot. Um, they have also The Blob 
if you guys ever played that, that was a Wii game that was quite okay in in the, in the deluge of shovelware on that system. Darn it! Uh, no, I haven't. Get to paint. I wish I did. You get to paint stuff. You're you're a blob that absorbs colors, and then you paint things, and it's fun. Oh my god, that uh, sounds awesome. I then uh, I mentioned uh, we talked a little bit here about Warhammer games. Mm-hmm. A lot of Warhammer games were published by THQ. And I mean a lot across many years. Um, and it's not, like I said, they do license it out. So like GameWorks always owns this stuff. But THQ was sort of like their go-to for a long time up until they started doing it and a lot of other companies. That's why I got into that more. It's like eventually they started using other companies, but THQ was their kind of go-to for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um they also published, they didn't develop, but they published Kingdoms of Amalur, The Reckoning. Um, by, uh, Kingdoms of Amalur, great game. I've talked about it several times on the podcast. I think I talked about it in Western RPGs, um, where, you know, it was the famous baseball guy who hired R.A. Salvatore and the guy who re- did the art for Spawn and the guy who built the level design and stuff from uh, Elder Scrolls 4 mm-hmm. Oblivion. There you go. Like, there's this, like, super team of developers in this game just didn't pan out, but it's still good. Mm-hmm. It's really good. And they're also known for the Darksiders series, um, which is developed by them as well. No way! I know. If we play Darksiders, yeah, they're, they are the developers of the Darksiders series, including the new ones, Darksider Genesis, which THQ Nordic picked up. So, uh, like I said, 2012, they died, died, died. Chapter 11 bankruptcy, gone. Oh, wow. All these IPs, dead in the water. What happens? They auction off all their IPs. THQ Nordic swipe, swipes in. They were actually called something else at the time. Um, swipes in all the IPs, says we're THQ now, and starts remastering all these games and putting out expansions and this kind of stuff. It's freaking insane. How many games that THQ Nordic has just pumped out and just started buying IPs and buying companies? It's like, how much money did they have to begin with? I, but, um, but to me, the two notable things about that was, A, they did Titan Quest, which was a pretty much a dead thing because the developers of Titan Quest had left, right? They'd left before THQ went down. And they created their own company, and I don't remember its name, but they are the guys who made Grim Dawn, which is the spiritual sequel, which I don't like as much. But, you know, like, they're gone, and then yet THU Nordic still made an expansion, and it's still really good, and they're still, like, updating and maintaining this Mm 14-year-old game, which is insane. Um, And then the other one is Kingdoms of Amalur. They're they're re-releasing it this September. This game that, like, famously failed so hard that Massachusetts bought the Holy IP shit. for a while. Like, I didn't know that. Holy shit. This game... Yeah, so, like, they were in debt to no, Massachusetts No, I didn't know that state. they were redoing they Kingdoms of Amalur. Alone. I didn't either until a roll... Uh, like, a, a, literally, I was watching YouTube, like, two days ago, right? Uh, an ad came on for Kingdoms of Amalur. And it looked like it's generic, like, shitty. Like, I just wasn't paying attention because I was playing, while watching YouTube, I was playing Path of Exile. 
and it came up on the right side of my screen and I heard some music and I'm like, uh, but I looked up and I saw the monster on there. I'm like, that's a Kingdom of Amalur monster. What the fuck's going on here? And I watched the rest of the trailer. Sure enough, it's a remaster of Kings of Amalur. It's coming out in September by THQ Nordic. Mm-hmm. Also, 2021, it's getting an expansion. Well, uh, I'm curious now. <laughs> and that's what I wanted to end on. Like, I'm stoked. I love Kingdom of Zamalur. I'm literally one trophy away on PS3 from a platinum on that game. And I did it in one run. Everything but one trophy and a platinum. And it's only because I didn't play it on hard mode. The game is insanely cool. Uh, the world is insanely cool because, I mean, I'm not gonna. I mean, like, it's written by R.A. Salvatore. He's my favorite author. Yeah. People don't like Dritz. I don't care. I like Artist Alvatore. <laughs> um, but like, oh, I just I can't believe this game is back. This game was so dead. It was it was so it was so so dead. Like there's not there's not a harder way to be dead. Not only did the two developers go down as a direct result of this game, right? Direct result, but also. The publisher went down who owned the rights. And then it was owned by Massachusetts. And then THQ Nordic comes up and just takes it and says, it's ours now. I can't, I can't, I can't, I don't have words. Like, that's insane. And that's what THQ Nordic is. They're insane. They keep buying all these IPs and releasing stuff. And they're doing pretty well. They're not doing gangbusters, but they're making profits, apparently. Well, I'm I'm very curious about how this is going to, that I'm... Assuming I have a PC available, you know, a PC capable of it at the time, I'm I'm very interested in getting Kingdoms of Amalur. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting it. Um, um, well, so it is just a straight uh, up re-release. Okay, okay, it's a re-release. September. Okay, but next year is an expansion okay, for that okay. re-release. So you have a year right. to get new content, but. For, for me, day and date, I think it's like September 18th, I'm getting this. This is one of the very few games I'm actually looking forward to. I was I was talking about some friends. There's not a lot of games that I'm looking forward to right now. There's just nothing. There's Diablo, for me, it's Diablo 4, which is who knows when. Uh, friends of Mineral Town is because, only because of Pan's Because I've been chilling it for a year. <laughs> that I'm getting. And and it's, it's fair. I like um, Stardew Valley. I, and you told me it's basically Stardew Valley was inspired by this game, essentially. And I'm like, okay, cool. I can, I can get into that. Um, so that, like, there's that, Diablo 4, and then like um, oh, something King- else at the end of the year. Kingdoms of Amalur like, is coming it. out on all the, all the usual suspects, not just PC in September. That is true, and I, I was going to say that. No, but I did I, not. I you knew. All right, if you said that um, no, earlier, is, I didn't yep. hear it. Neat. It's coming out for everything. No, I did not say it earlier. I just assumed you knew because Kingdoms of Amalur released for PC, now PC, uh, PS3, and Xbox 360 originally, um, and you can still find it. Uh, I don't know what it is, but it's like one of those movies that got a following afterwards. This is one of those games that got a following afterwards. Oh. Um, because you can still find it. I saw it at Best Buy not even four months ago. Like, uh, when I was up in Dayton. But, uh, yeah, it's just... 
and I got I can see it right there in my PS3 copy. But yeah, Switch can run that. I don't know if it's coming out on Switch. Um, no, it's not coming out on Switch. Um, yeah, PS4, PS4 and the, the Xbox. I know that. Yep. So yeah, I'm getting it. I'm getting it for PC because my PC is much better than my PS4. But so obviously it'll be on PS5 because it's backwards compatible. So yeah, and that's it. That's that's THQ. They're freaking amazing. <laughs> THQ Nordic took them and made them better. Like rose them from the ashes. They should have called themselves TH- yeah. THQ Phoenix. I swear, because holy cow! I got, I got, and I got to say kudos to Titan Quest. I mean, like, why would you release an expansion to like, so a like on the game? subject of THQ and like remakes out of nowhere? Who the hell asked for a yeah. SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom remake? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I didn't mention that. They they also got the the Nickelodeon license back. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't know who has nostalgia for SpongeBob so, games. Okay, never so played here's the one, thing. I had the original to, so Battle for know. Bikini Bottom on GameCube. We played it um mm-hmm. because okay, so when I was when I was a uh, hang on, I need to remember how old I was at the time. 14 or 15. Uh, a fire burned down our house. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, oh, so within yeah, a couple days, we, uh, you know, the insurance company cut us a, a check, you know, just to replace clothes and a few things. Uh, and on that check, my mom bought us, like, a GameCube and, like, the two cheapest games she could get to keep us entertained in the hotel while, like, my while she and my dad went and dealt with things. We got... This we got like the yeah. Sims, whatever the current the Sims on GameCube was, and SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom. Oh, so I played gravy. the hell out of that for for about a okay. week because that was the only video game I had. Because who the hell is going to play the Sims on a console? Mm-hmm. So besides yeah. me, who I feel played you there. the game? <laughs> and who asked for a remake that is apparently selling very well? Uh, SpongeBob I, stands. I don't this know. Is, this is this is the insanity of this company. You know, I'll tell you, like it, it's not like I, you know. I know you guys aren't as experienced as me in ARPGs, right? Like, because like no one talks about Titan Quest, right? Like, no one. The big ones that people talk about in the genre are Path of Exile and Diablo, and you get smatherings of oh there's new ones coming out but it's okay blah, blah blah like nothing ever sticks right but to take a game that is like its last expand they, they did a, they did another expansion that actually was like uh ragnarok and i don't remember when ragnarok came out but it's insane to have released an expansion of this game that had not only not the original developers but had a competing like spiritual sequel out like it's like the Friends of Mineral Town and um, yeah. Story of Seasons. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like if, if Nintendo went back to Friends yeah, of yeah, yeah, Mineral yeah. Town, which they no, are. Um, no, the, the Story of Seasons people are the ones doing the, okay, the yeah, game so, we're okay. getting, right? So it's very complicated, but um, the, develop, it, the game is called Story of Seasons in Japan. 
they got this company to take over yeah. the like uh, localization, distribution, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, for the West when they started pumping them out into the West. That company decided to call the games Harvest Moon. And then yes. eight or nine years ago, I forget exactly when, the the Japanese company was like, you know what? Let's handle our own localization and distribution now because we've got enough of a following. We can deal with it, and we don't, you know, we we can figure this out on our own. So they did not renew the license to the yeah. to the people who were doing Harvest Moon. And the company that was doing Harvest Moon was like, well, shit, yeah. that's our bread and butter. Let's just develop games and call them Harvest Moon because we own the rights to that name. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> so there are the Harvest Moon games and there are the Story of Seasons games. And prior to like 2006, 2007, I'd have to look this up, uh, they were the same thing. But now they're two different things. And they are competing, although the Story of Seasons games are are a lot higher quality. So yeah, the yeah. people. So the original yes. Japanese developers. Yes, are the yes, ones the, in their yeah, the original quality. Japanese developers. Yeah, and okay. they're doing their own localization. Which, uh, honestly, there are some pretty hilariously bad localization uh, glitches in some of the har- throughout the Harvest Moon game, the older Harvest Moon games. Like in original Friends of Mineral Town, <laughs> there's this cutscene where you're That's talking funny. to the town priest, and then for like, mm-hmm. in the middle of the conversation, he just suddenly starts te- speaking uh, German. Because they put the wrong text file in that oh. cutscene. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I mean, yeah. Um. So, to 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 better explain using using this genre, it's like it's like if they had just stopped, like the Japanese team had just stopped making okay. the games, right? And then all of the talent moved to the American team, all of it, entirety. Right, and Nintendo said, "We're gonna make an expansion to this game now." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like with none of the original people. And guess what? Expansion is actually really good. I actually really like it. So, like, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. I'm just like flabbergasted. I'm still flabbergasted. It was a whole episode of in before even Morg was on that I was flabbergasted about it. Anyways, yeah, THQ, they're amazing. Um, and I, I'm excited to see what crazy stuff they do. We're yep. approaching three hours now. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, so thank you guys for listening, um, to us rant and rave about different game companies. Might do this again. I don't know. I have a couple more companies I could talk about, but probably not next week. So this is Fortuan. You can catch me at Hunter's Hub Pod on Twitter. Um, and still working on Terror Birds Ecology. Uh, just taking a long time and you'll probably see that soon so see you guys in the next quest and morg will you be i am most likely going to be on twitter at morgan hey three um yeah i'm, I'm probably going to be uh, uh further promoting uh, more of these podcasts because i enjoy listening to them and sharing them with the world and um i'm also going to be uh, uh doing maybe some elatrion hunts tonight and i'm also going to be Making a small video so that I can post onto Twitter. It's probably only going to be two minutes long. Um, sharing my first experience with Latrion and uh, yeah, my first victory with mm. it. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Okay. Um, um, I'm going to continue to be on Reddit. I'm trying to complete my hidden ability to Pokedex. Um, I'll be playing Pokemon and I'll be on Discord as usual. Although not as much going forward because I start work on Monday. Wee! My Corona vacation is yep. over. 
Yay! Thank God. Congratulations. I, I want stuff to do. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, thank you guys for listening. If you know, you got this far. Um, and, you know, yep. EA sucks. Good night. Good night. Bye-bye.